Bloomberg. I did a gig at Mario's, and it was one of the worst gigs I've ever done in my life. They put me in that breakfast nook right to the side of the door. dude. I got heckled through my best joke at the time where about the Pittsburgh airport. This guy, I go, uh, you know, something sums us up as a city. It's out at the Pittsburgh airport. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. It is. It's, uh, it's out the airport. There's two statues. No, there isn't. I swear to God, there's two statues. This is not subjective. There's two statues. And then I've never ended a show like this. But as soon as I get done, I just rip the cord out started wrapping it up and left (laughs) with the speakers from the from the nook and walked outside and left would have been great if you could have done that while the microphone was still working (laughs) so you could have like excuse me all right everybody have a great night thanks that's my time randy bellman and the dve morning show it's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Two degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump's lawyer Rudy Giuliani says special counsel Robert Mueller's team is out to frame the president. Speaking in Israel yesterday, the former New York City mayor said the investigation into possible, possible Russian collusion with the 2016 Trump campaign is being carried out by, quote, 13 highly partisan Democrats, end quote, something the president has often said on Twitter. He said they want to accuse Trump of something he didn't do. And Giuliani also went after Stormy Daniels yesterday, the adult film star President Trump allegedly had sex with at a golf tournament over 10 years ago. According to a story on CNN.com, Giuliani said yesterday that because she's a porn star, She has no credibility and she doesn't have a reputation because she's a porn star. So how could it be damaged? He also said that Melania (laughs) believes nothing happened between her husband and Stormy Daniels. (laughs) That's where she was the last three weeks. They were deprogramming her. I believe my husband has not had sex with porn stars. Uh, The gender of the baby gorilla at the Pittsburgh Zoo has been revealed. Zoo officials held a gender reveal yesterday while dozens of fans waited to learn the result. Mom and Dad Gorilla opened a box to reveal blue tissue and crepe paper inside. Baby boy joins his parents and a five-year-old brother named Ivan. The baby's name has not been decided yet, and zookeepers say the baby is doing well. Is this peak 2018 a gender reveal party for the gorilla at the zoo? Unbelievable. I'm glad they didn't uh, pitch him a baseball and have him bat one back to the mound like some of those disaster gender reveals. Oh, yeah. Online. I'm just glad they didn't have like somebody dress up like a stork and get on the zip line that goes across the zoo now and drop the baby gorilla from the sky. <laughs> Look. Researchers at the University of Massachusetts Amherst are warning that a common ingredient used in toothpaste could be linked to cancer. A chemical called triclosan can be found in over 2,000 consumer products, including cosmetics, toys, and kitchenware. Researchers found the chemical caused gut inflammation and cancer in mice when used in small doses. They say that there must be an urgent attempt to determine if humans have the same reaction to the chemical. I wonder if this is why everybody has reflux problems. Yeah. Wow. Issues with their stomachs. You know what's crazy is that my little niece said she did something really like out of character for her. She did something bad. And we asked her why she did it. And she said, my tummy told me to do it. (laughs) And I was like, that's actually truer than you could possibly know. 
Gut health is a real thing. Oh, yeah. My tummy told me to do it is a valid defense. <laughs> Trump could get off if he just used that. Uh, if you're a single guy with a dad bod, good news for you. Two-thirds of women say they'd rather marry someone with a dad bod than someone with six-pack abs. 83% of women say they think guys with dad bods are more confident. 67% say they're attractive. And 62% just think they're flat-out sexy. Uh, guys don't seem to be too willing to admit they've got a dad bod, though. Only 21% will cave and say, yep, that's me. However, 62% of them say that giving in and embracing the dad bod has improved their lives. Don't you have to have kids to have a dad bod? Because you can't no. just be a single guy without kids, can you? Or is it just a body type at this point? It's probably just a body type at this point. Yeah. Originated by a dad. I think women are attracted to it because it says to them, this is a guy who doesn't have the utmost discipline and I could possibly eat cupcakes in bed with <laughs> Because that's really what it's about at the end of the day. Serena and I crawled into bed last night and she brought in these cupcakes and it was funny because she thought she was- I love how you guys eat in bed like that. Just cr oh my crushing God. cupcakes in bed. Oh, yeah. She brings out something she thought- you know, I didn't know about, and then I pull up a bag of chips from my side of the bed, and I'm like, let's just do this. <laughs> well, we're still about a year away from the final season of Game of Thrones, but fans can still get in on some action by placing bets on the outcome of the show. Uh, the Bovada Sportsbook has posted odds on who will win the political battle and rule with Steros. Is that how you say it, Bill? I don't know. Uh, Westeros. Westeros. Oh, I, I was like, well, I don't even know what you're saying. Westeros. Uh, in case you were wondering, I don't know because I don't watch Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, Jon Snow and Daenerys. Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah, are co-favorites to win the Iron Throne at plus 200. Whoa, there's lines on this now? <laughs> yeah, you can bet at the Bovado Sportsbook. This is just crazy. Why are we betting on Game of Thrones? Because uh, people want to bet on anything. It's legal now, so you can do just about anything. Yeah, I, I, I that's why they do that weird thing with the, they're not giving them the scripts and they're like mm -hmm. telling they're, them their like lines while they're on set. Self-destructing. Yeah. Braun Stark comes in third at plus 350. Uh, the bad guys could win too. The Night King, who's pretty much a frozen zombie, according to this story, has odds of plus 1,000, which... Uh, Maybe that would be a good bet. I don't know. Depends on what kind of gambler you are. Long shot. I, I bet on the uh, the gorilla gender reveal and lost huge. <laughs> so I'm going to stay out of this one. Richard Simmons is suing a private investigator claiming he put a tracking device on his car. In the suit, Simmons and his caretaker, Teresa Revelas, say Scott Brian Matthews followed Simmons to... See if he was visiting hospitals. He allegedly wanted to help prove the star was undergoing a sex change, which turned out to not be true. They claim the device was attached to the car for more than a year. Last year, Richard Simmons sued the National Enquirer for reporting that he was getting a sex change. I mean, how hard can it be to follow Richard Simmons around? You need to actually put a tracking device <laughs> yeah, on him. He's not elusive. Yeah. He's not a snow leopard. Well, it's like trying to uh, putting a tracking device on the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. <laughs> right. You know when it's driving around. Yeah. 
when you see those striped uh, short shorts come out of the, the house, you, you know that's him. Wonder By the way, Wienermobile like might be the name he actually uses for his car. <laughs> wonder what he looks like now. Not good. He's an old man. Oh, I bet. He's, he's an old, he looks, he's an old yeah, man. He's pretty, been sick. Yeah, pretty rough. It's weird. Full-blown wig, probably. All the time. I don't, it's weird that people ha- wouldn't leave him alone when he was sick. I didn't understand that. There was a podcast, and everybody seemed to be getting a big kick out of it. It's just He's a sick, yeah, reclusive people were old what, man. What was wrong out. with him? I knew he was in hiding. I don't know. Year, I but... mean, but clearly something, you know. And finally, the Wizard of Oz's last surviving munchkin has died at the age of 98. TMZ reports, reports Jerry Marin, who memorably greeted Dorothy to Munchkinland as part of the Lollipop Guild, died last week at a nursing care facility in San Diego. He was reportedly laid to rest over the weekend at Forest Lawn in Hollywood. He was one of more than 100 little people who starred in the iconic film. The actor appeared on other popular shows over the years, including The Twilight Zone, Seinfeld, and Bewitched. Sunny upper 70s for the high today. It's 52 at DVE. We had an unbelievable discussion with our friend Edzo yesterday. Joining us right now, ladies and gentlemen, longtime friend of the DVE morning show, the one and only Eddie Olchek. Edzo! Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the Berg? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm on the... uh... I'm on the road, just getting ready. I stopped home and uh, reloaded, and I'm on my way out to uh, I'm out to Vegas for uh, Game Five. Uh, when is that? Tomorrow, right? Thursday, yeah. yeah. And then uh, <laughs> and then uh, head back east for the Belmont on Saturday. So uh, great time of year, pucks and ponies, and uh, feeling good and uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to a big weekend of sports action. Edzo, uh, we're also thrilled to hear that you're in, in good health. And I, I told these guys I was in Chicago visiting relatives uh, over the holidays. And one of the local affiliates, the NBC affiliate there, had done a story on you. And I knew that you had been diagnosed. I had no idea how severe it was at that point until I wa- watched that segment. And I was just shook because I didn't either I didn't process it or I didn't understand how severe things were for you to hear now that things uh, are uh, uh, go and, and, and yeah. you're in good shape. is just, yeah. I, I can't tell you how relieved all of Pittsburgh Great is for news. you. Well, I, I appreciate that, Rand. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a stop you in your tracks moment. Uh, one day I, you know, I woke up and I mean, quite frankly, I, I couldn't go to the bathroom. And next thing you know, uh, they're telling me that I have uh, a blockage in my lower colon and uh, we need to go get it. And, you know, two days later, I'm having a six-hour surgery, removing 14 inches of my colon and a tumor the size of my fist. And then they had to send it out. So, obviously, from the day of my surgery to August the 4th at 7.07 p.m., when my doctor called me and told me I had stage 3 colon cancer, those are the longest four days of my life, yeah. not knowing, you know, obviously preparing for the worst. And anytime you see a doctor's office or a hospital call you on a Friday night after seven o'clock, it's probably not a good thing. And when that phone rang, it came up on our television, Northwestern Hospital here in Chicago. And I mean, I let it, I let the phone ring six or seven times and my wife had to happen to be standing next to me and she says, you're going to answer it. And and I didn't want to answer because I knew what was on the other line, what was on the other end. And 
Dr. Strong uh, told me that it was stage three colon cancer and we're recommending six months of chemo. And I mean, it was a battle. And look, I, I, I know I am so very lucky to be on the right side of this because there are so many, sadly, so many millions of people out there that have it way worse and are having it way worse off than, than Eddie Olchek ever did. But it, it, at first, I wanted to just kind of hide under a rock. I, I, I wanted to. Just, I just feel like I let everybody down. I let my wife down. I let my kids down. Uh, I, I let you know the people at NBC down in hockey and horse racing. Uh, all my friends in in, in hockey. Um, you know the Blackhawks because I do their games locally. Um, and then it was like, okay, the well, effect I, of getting I, sick made you feel like you were letting people down. I did. I, I just felt like I, I was, you know, going to be be a burden on everybody, and I didn't want people to be, you know, have this on their shoulders. And and I just, like I said, it just I, I just felt I felt less. You feel weak because that's what happens, Rand, when you get struck with this disease. Is you you feel, you know, you, you feel like you are a burden. You feel like you're letting people down. At least that's how I felt. Look, and talking to hundreds and hundreds of cancer patients is that a lot of the similarities were there and you just you just feel like you know you you know you don't want people to feel sorry for you and like i said you don't want other people to hurt and worry about you because everybody has their own lives to live and you know once it became public it was almost i almost felt relieved that it was out there and because what had happened was is I started missing some public appearances and I started putting people in, in some bad spots. And again, we didn't know what was going on, right? Like we didn't know if, you know, if it was going to be nothing or if it was going to be the worst. And, and then when we, when we became public, uh, you know, after the diagnosis, it was almost like, okay, it's out there and everybody knows and there's nothing to hide from. And, and then when you're in the so-called public eye, it's, it's hard to go quiet. And, you kind of want to control the message, right? And I think that that's what we did, and I think we did in a very respectful and professional way. And the outpour of, of people—I mean, you guys, your station, the people in the Berg, the great Penguin fans, the Penguin organization, uh, my former, my my former PR man, Keith Keith Wayner was there every step of the way, checking in on me. Little Buckaroo was always calling and, and, making, and, and making sure, uh, making sure that I was okay. And look, I, mean, I was very lucky to have the support. And I couldn't have done it by myself, really. I mean, I had incredible support, not only from my doctors, my family, my wife was there every step of the way. And the one thing I did learn a lot about this is that the caretakers and the caregivers that are are, are dealing with people of, of of illness or sick or disease. They are going through a lot as well, and, and, you know, I never saw my wife weak. Like, I never saw her emotional around me. Now, I'm sure she had her moments away from me where she wondered, like, you know, what the hell is going to happen to him? Is he going to be okay? Are we going to have to live with this, you know, how long? And I'm sure that she had those moments, but she never she never let her guard down around me, and, and that really helped me get through a six months of hell because there were a couple of times – where during my treatments and everybody has side effects when they go through chemo or radiation. For me, it was you can't control your bathroom issues, vomiting, nosebleeds, neuropathy, uh, severe headaches. I mean, all those things. And, and I got to treatment two or three, and I, I was, it was just, I'm like, how in the hell am I going to get to February 21st when it's the second week of September? Like, how am I going to get there? And there were times, look, I'm not embarrassed to say this. I, there were times when I was ready to pack it in because I, I just like, how can I live like this? Like, how do people live like this, taking this chemo every two weeks? And for me, 
It was every other Monday for 48 hours. I would go home with it. They come unhook me every, you know, every other every other Wednesday. And my wife just grabbed me one day by the short hairs and just looked at me right in the eyes and just said, fight for me, fight for our kids, and fight for all the people that love you. And having an emotional cry after that, it put everything in perspective, and, and, and she helped me get along. And, you know, it's, I want my story out there because I want to try to keep people away from having to go through what I did. And, look, they told me if I would have had a colonoscopy when I was 45, they would have kept me from having to go through six months of hell. And wow. prior to the last couple of weeks, I don't know if you guys saw this story. Or yes. Not, it, I mean, it was 50 years old where they recommended colonoscopies at 50. They just changed the age to 45, which I think is just flat out awesome. And I want people out there to you know raise their hand if they're not feeling well. Like, it's okay uh, to raise your hand and say, you know what, geez, I'm not feeling good. I need to go see a physician. I need to see a go doc, you know, go see a doctor. Don't try to self, uh, you know, uh, go on the internet and, and try to become a doctor and, and self-diagnose, you know, what you think you might have. Get in there, see your doctor, and, and I'm hoping that my story, you know, will resonate with people and, and they'll get checked out when need be, and, and hopefully keep people away from it because I'll tell you, it is. Psychologically, it is awful. Physically, uh, as you get through the treatments, I'm not saying it gets better because it doesn't, but it's much more tolerable once you get through four or five treatments. At least it did for me. Uh, but I couldn't be more thankful for all the support because on August the 4th at 7:07 p.m. when they told me I had stage three colon cancer, probably was now it was the worst day of my life. And then on March the 14th at 5:04 p.m. when my oncologist, Dr. Mary Mulcahy, called me and said I was cancer free. Uh, was probably the greatest phone call I've ever received. Oh, man. You know, and uh, not to belabor the point, it's so great the way you're discussing it and you're talking about the stuff that previously, for some reason, people didn't want to talk about, like, the right. like the, right. the taboo right. aspects of it all. Like, uh, here's the thing. I couldn't go to the bathroom. Right. Like, uh, right. you know, and yeah. then during treatment, yeah. here's all the ugly stuff that happens. And, yeah. and by painting that picture and making people realize, you yeah. know, because yeah. they don't like to confront that in their own life when it's happening. Yeah. No, that's for sure, man. And, and one last thing, too, is like, you know, look, I, it, there, there was no family history with us. So, I mean, it was a stop you in your tracks moment. Like, it, it was. And, again, I mean, we've been very lucky. Uh, our family and the people within, you know, we all have a circle in, in our circle, we've, we've never been around this horrible disease. And, look, the hardest thing was, was, you know, finding out, was, was this something that I was born with? Uh, was this something that I absorbed over time? And, you know, those four days from my surgery to getting that call and telling me that I had stage 3 colon cancer, I'm, I, again, psychologically, I'm wondering, okay, well, if I do have cancer, if, if I pass this on to my kids, and like that was that that was a long four days to think about that you know could could i have could i be the carrier and in in and pass this on to my kids like th that living with that and people have to live with that and go through that and that is the most difficult thing out of the whole thing. I could take the pounding. I could take the, the sickness and, and having to run to the bathroom every two minutes and, and not controlling things you're so, you know, you take for granted. But, you know, to think about those type of things and 
look, it was hard at the start to not, like I said, self-diagnose. And I promised myself I, I would not try to, you know, figure these things out with, you know, just let the medical people do their job and tell me. Tell me what I need to know, not what I want to hear. Please tell me that. If it's whatever it is, please tell me. But, you know, those are the things that, you know, you, you live with. And that's why you, I felt like I did. That's why I felt like I, you know, I, I to tell my kids to come down the stairs and, and to, to look at them and tell them. And, and look, I mean, it, it's unconditional love without question, regardless. But it, that was hard because, you know, they look at you a certain way. And again, it's perception. It's, it's psychological. It's like, you know, like, how is this going to affect the people around me? And uh, I, I, my message out there to people is to know that, you know, like the, the caretakers and your families, let them take care of you because that's what family is. And I was lucky enough to have a family. I felt like I haven't had a family of, of millions because of all the hockey people and horse racing people and the fans and, uh, you know, our broadcast family and, you know, people in the media and just, you know, I, I got people that got my phone number to say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Joe from, uh, you know, I'm Joe from Toronto. I just want to let you know, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And okay, Joe, I don't, you know, I don't even know Joe from Toronto, but he's got my number and uh, he's wishing me well. And that, and that really meant a lot. And, and I truly meant that as when we, you know, when I went public and said that I was cancer free is that I, I said specifically verbatim is that we did it. And I really believe it was an incredible effort of, a lot of incredible people that helped me along the way because a lot of people don't know how to transcribe their feelings to somebody that is sick and nothing worse than to avoiding that person or to not wanting to bother them. Trust me. I wanted to be bothered. I wanted to get those texts from Mikey wondering who I liked in the fifth race at Belmont on that one <laughs> October day. Like that, like that meant a lot. And it's, it's it's hard to explain, but the best way to say it is is that it means a lot when people reach out, regardless of how short or how long it may be. It it, it helps pass this time because I had enough quiet time to last me a lifetime for six months. And, and again, my goal and mission now is to help rid us of this horrible disease, but also to make people aware of my story without being overbearing and to let them know that, hey, this is what I went through. And again, everybody's side effects are different. And I've talked to many, many people that are, are battling this disease. And again, it's just, hey, you know, like I'm with you. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a pat on the back. It's a hug. It's a, it's a text. It's a phone message. It's just like, look, you're not alone. Trust me, you're not alone because I never felt alone and that meant a lot. Edzo with an unbelievably inspiring message there. And get out and get checked. Got a little dusty in here. I, it's really... Yeah. Did. I, I was, was fighting back tears. I was at the arts festival last night, and so many people came up to me and were mm-hmm. like, "Dude, that thing with Edzo blew me away today." Um, he uh, definitely has made it a mission to be uh, uh, an agent to uh, get people to become more aware of their own health, and because mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't want anybody going through what he did. I know I'm calling my doctor, and I'm going to get a colonoscopy. Good for you. Yeah. Are you going to live cam it? Yeah. I mean, that's the plan. <laughs> Colonoscopy with a GoPro. Yes. Yes. It will only remember the last, you know, 20 seconds at you any given time. You will be the first. 
Oh, I know. To Ka- do that. Katie Couric did it mm-hmm. on uh, Today the Today Show. Show in like the year 2000. Because her hut didn't her husband die of yes. colon cancer? Yes. We were kind of tight on time there, but I was going to reinforce his message with with a metaphor. You know, I had somebody out to the house the other day to look at our, our furnace and our AC unit, and he said, listen, man, um, you, you can decide who you want to be. You can be one of two different people. You can be the guy who just kicks the can down the road and then all of a sudden has to deal with a catastrophe at some point, or you can be the guy who's responsible and does the maintenance along the way and prolong the life of, of your furnace and your storage unit, and that sort of applies to your health. You got to do the maintenance. No doubt about it. You got to go get checked. You got to make sure that you're in in good health for, for those people around you that love you. Mike Pursuta coming in next with your sports on DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is out brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Great uh, revisit on the Edzo interview. Tremendous stuff. I really thought, like, for context, I was not expecting him to go there. I thought we were going to get right into hockey and horses. And I just wanted to make note of it, you know, that it didn't go unacknowledged. Um, because while we have talked to him throughout his battle and wished him well, you know, I think that was the first time I had a chance to talk to him since the conclusion of it. And, uh, yeah, you it know, was. and so just kind of being cordial. And he used it as an opportunity. I mean, he clearly is going to. Uh, make that something that he champions going forward, and uh, that was that was really cool stuff. And he's the perfect guy to do that because he is uh, so well known and so universally liked and respected that uh, everybody will be happy to give him whatever platform he thinks he needs at a given time. And and his message is so on point because he's a man's man, and he's like, "Don't be a dummy. Get checked." Yeah. Everybody in the game knows him. Uh, it it hit me of all the stuff he said when he was talking about the those phone calls, you know, the worst call of his life and the, the best call of his life. He lives on the phone. This is not a normal guy in terms of number of phone calls. Right. That he get he is always talking to somebody about something. That's mm-hmm. why everybody loves him so much. But uh great to hear he's doing so well. Ryan Shazier's doing better as well. Crazy uh, story. The Steelers introduced yeah. him yesterday on the South Side or reintroduced him, uh, made him available to the media just to provide uh, an update for everybody who continues to follow his plight since December the 4th in Cincinnati. Ryan Shazier walked to the podium yesterday in the media, media room at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. He needed a cane to get there, but he got there. And when he Amazing. got when he got there, he uh, reaffirmed his sincere desire to play in the NFL again. Hey, yeah, my dream is to come back and play football again. You know, I've been working my tail off every single day. So uh, I have that in my back of my mind every single, every single time I go to rehab. And, you know, I just try to stay positive every single day. So I'm just trying to do everything I can to get back. Yeah, now a, a natural subsequent follow-up question would be, Ryan, why would you want to play football again after all you've been through, after all you're still going through? I played the game since I was four years old. I loved the game since I was four years old. And, and just because I got hurt don't mean I'm going to stop loving the game of football. And uh, he's been thinking that uh, since he got injured, uh, since the immediate aftermath of that spinal injury he suffered in Cincinnati. When I got hurt, that's the, thing, the only thing I was talking to the doctors about. I, I, I wasn't saying, man, I might not be able to walk again. I was like, hey, will I be able to play the next season? And they was like, hey, man, we might have to, 
make you wait another season. But hey, as long as you uh, keep working your tail off, we just take it one day at a time, and we'll just see where it goes from there. Yeah, this is uh, this dream is helping him get through this and having this tangible goal to keep working toward. And he spent a lot of time talking about all the support he's gotten from so many people throughout, well, Steeler Nation, really, but especially locally. Uh, one of the stories he told that really uh, struck a chord with me was uh, getting get well soon letters from an entire elementary school. He said it was over, <laughs> over 500 kids from one school wrote him individual letters, and he's, he said he's just blown away by that. And uh, he, he looked good yesterday. Yeah, he did. And he sounded good, and uh, he's still involved. He's still working at the facility and doing the, the scouting stuff and doing the coaching stuff and doing his rehab and working out and uh, seems to be well on his way to recovery. Uh, another interesting face on the south side yesterday was that of Ben Roethlisberger. He hasn't been at OTAs much, and the reason he said was because, A, it's not required, and, B, it hasn't been requested. Well, I mean, if, if Coach asked me to be here every day, I would be here every day. But um, they haven't asked me to do that. I've worked with Randy for eight years now, so it's not like he's a new guy to just come in that, that you know, that work is necessary. Um, so, you know, we've got a lot of the same guys back on offense. And uh, a lot of the stuff is things that plays that we've been doing even before a lot of guys got here that I've been doing for a long time. Pirates speak to Dodgers uh, 11-9 to last night at PNC Park. It really helped that L.A. started Caleb Ferguson who was making his big league debut. He lasted an inning and two-thirds and allowed four earned runs. Uh, they inched back over 500 again at 31-30. and 30. Uh, Game three against the Dodgers this afternoon, and it's another guy making his first big league start for L.A. Dennis Santana will be making his second major league appearance. While he makes his first major league start, he'll be opposed by Jamison Tyone. Game five tonight between the Knights and the Caps. Washington's up three games to one, and they're debating on NHL.com this morning who should win the Conn Smythe Trophy in the event Washington prevails. Wouldn't it matter on the game? <laughs> it might. <clears throat> I think Vegas is going to win tonight. I think it's going six. So I said at the start, I'm going to stick with that. And uh, Golden State took a three games to none lead over Cleveland with a 110-102 win over the Cavs in Cleveland last night. Thanks, Mike. Val's got news top of the hour. Val. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the new Top Gun movie that is being made. So we'll do that and some other stuff as well. Sunny upper 70s today. It's 53 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show. I'm not much of a um, like uh, cocktail fan. I like, uh, if I get a mixed drink, it's vodka and soda. I don't have a palate that appreciates a bunch of different liquors in one drink. Like, I have friends who are way into the first thing they want to see now is the cocktail menu, which I don't understand. Yeah, I'm well, with you. a lot of craft cocktails now. I right? go Moscow Mule. That's as exotic as I'll get. Yeah, and they say you're not even supposed to drink those in the copper mugs anymore, which was really what's made those things so delicious. Correct. So. Why can't you again? You get copper uh, you poisoning? Get, yeah, you get poisoned. Oh, good. Same reason you're not supposed to eat pennies. <laughs> Wait, what? I'll tell you about that later. Oh, no. But this newest trend in cocktailing seems to me to be um, ill-conceived. The newest hot trend in mixology is making your mouth numb. Why? The cocktails use <laughs> a little a genuine. Well, man, I don't. <laughs> they well, use a little why? blossom called uh, Sichuan, 
button or a buzz button. And when you bite into one, it makes your mouth a little numb and it has this intense tingle for about 10 minutes or so. Now, according to bartenders, it really helps bring out the flavors in your drinks and lets you taste all of the individual ingredients. Um, unlike a lot of mixology trends, this one has left the bars in Brooklyn and gone mainstream. TGI Fridays is doing it. So then just, it's over. They just rolled out a drink called the Blackberry Buzz Rita. It's got a buzz button in it. Number one, the timing on this seems bad. Yeah. To have anything that's making you feel numb while you're <sighs> drinking, even if it's just a temporary sensation in your mouth, seems to be uh, uh, tone deaf a little bit. For I don't sure. know. Isn't that why people drink? To feel numb? Yeah, I don't want it to numb my mouth. I want it to numb my feelings. <laughs> yes. Do you have a buzz button that will numb my feelings? <laughs> yes. That's what I want. Any drink. Just drink a bunch of them. Yes. So putting, plopping something in someone's drink and giving it to them and saying, this is going to make you numb. <laughs> Feels Cosby-ish. Cosby-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Feels Cosby-ish. Even yeah, though cool. I know that's not what it is, it's... Just seems a little weird. Also, I don't want to drink something that makes my mouth go numb unless I'm at the dentist and I'm about to get a root canal. Yeah, wouldn't I mean that just doesn't make any sense. I don't. I, I, apparently, it sets off your taste buds. I I don't really get it. Doesn't it make like? Aren't you just? Don't you feel weird for the rest of the day after you get numbed like yeah. Novocaine or something? You feel like you're not the same person. Like my confidence goes to zero. I don't want to see anyone. I can't eat anything. Better, I can't talk. I can't spit. Better question is, is it really a hot trend if TGI Fridays is doing it? Isn't that like picking up a mainstream. stock tip from Jim Cramer and thinking you got something real hot? <laughs> right. Hey, I went down to uh, Uno, and you'll never guess what they're doing down there. Something real cool. <laughs> Don't forget. The DVE Comedy Festival is coming up at the end of the month, and we have added two more shows to that festival lineup. We're excited about the Doug Benson podcast, Doug Loves Movies, which will be at 420 on Saturday afternoon. And then Saturday night, Burt Kreischer, the Burt cast live. It's going to be at the Rex Theater starting at 9 o'clock. Tickets for that, go to dve.com for both of those. On the events page, you can get the link to the tickets. dve.com is where you get the tickets to those. And uh, I heard the Burt tickets are moving quickly now that the ticket fly link is fixed. <laughs> dve.com is where you get your tickets for that. First two shows are sold out on Friday night. Be a part of the DV Comedy Festival on day two by getting your tickets right now at dve.com. Valerie, what do you got coming up? We're going to talk about the surprising number of people who have never been kissed. Mayor Peduto. Oh, I didn't mean to include him at the end of that. Mayor <laughs> Peduto. Yeah, because he had a girlfriend his first uh, year in office. I don't know what happened. What do you mean? He had. Yeah, remember? At Prettyburg. Yeah. Yeah, they broke up a long time ago. Oh. Did they? A couple years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, man. keeping up in the love life of the mayor. Sorry. Well, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I DVR'd it. So I haven't got to that point yet. The Knox Boys in the coffee house, a special Thursday house, uh, a Thursday coffee house. Uh, coming up for you after nine and stand the man Saffron on the way nine. 52 degrees now a DVEM Val Porter. Alice Johnson is now a free woman. She was released from a federal prison in Alabama yesterday after President Trump commuted her life sentence for a nonviolent drug charge. If you're asking, well, who's Alice Johnson? She is the 63-year-old woman who was convicted in the 90s of attempted possession of cocaine and conspiracy to possess cocaine. 
Kim Kardashian campaigning to get Johnson free and actually met with President Trump this week to ask him to release her. And he said, well, sure. Uh, In a statement, the White House (laughs) said Johnson has accepted responsibility for her past behavior and has been a model prisoner. How crazy would you think the world has gone if six years ago, seven years ago, you had been told that story? Kim Kardashian West (laughs) petitioned President Donald Trump and achieved a pardon of a drug trafficker. Yes. What? What? I bet you before the the, part of the negotiations were, if you can get Kanye to say nice stuff about me, (laughs) I will. Yeah. And so those those uh, requirements were met and Kim K shows up to the White House. (laughs) Who else? I read that woman's story. I was thinking like, oh, what? You know, how did this woman get a bum rap? It was like. A ton of kilos of cocaine that she was attempting to distribute. She was involved with one of the cartels. So what made her sentence so... It was... She was doing life. Because it was nonviolent. I mean, there are plenty of It was her first offense, but, you know, it was was a pretty decent offense. Heavy duty haul. There's a lot of people in jail for mandatory minimums. I wonder that, you know, we're nonviolent. I wonder how many... Or I just wonder what made her case special. I have not read into it. It's Kim Kardashian got. I know, but why did it get to the attention how of did Kim she, Kardashian? How did it get on her radar? Yeah, I don't right. know. It had to be Kanye. Had to and be. I also read this morning that Dennis Rodman might be at the summit between yes. Donald Trump and Kim Jong Un. Laughing is the appropriate response. <laughs> I mean, crying. That's the only legit radio. possibility for peace at this point. Oh, I mean, Rodman God. is is boys with both parties. You know, Rodman has met mediator. and hung out with Kim Jong Un. Yeah, he went to his private island and went jet skiing with him. Yes. So you know, the worm and uh, crazy little man, or what's he call him? I, crazy little nuki. Or I don't remember. Tiny nuke hands. What was he call him? Not sure. Um, We're in trouble. Mental health experts. Rocket man. That's, that's what it. Calls <laughs> mental health experts say reporting the details of a high-profile suicide can lead to more suicides. Experts point out suicides jumped 10% after Robin Williams took his life in 2014. It's a concern once again following media coverage of the suicide of fashion designer Kate Spade, which involved everything from revealing the details of the note she left behind to images of her body being wheeled away. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline says while these celebrity deaths can't be ignored, the media should consider what they report about it. Spade's husband said her suicide was a complete shock in a statement to The New York Times. Andy Spade said the 55-year-old was being treated for depression and anxiety, which she battled for many years. He said there was no indication she might take her own life, adding there were personal demons she was battling. He also pushed back against claims from her sister, who said she was self-medicating with alcohol. Andy said Kate was not abusing alcohol or other substances. Well, when we originally uh, heard the story, we heard details that Robin Williams' suicide was something she was fascinated with. Mm -hmm. So that stat makes sense to me. But I guess what would be hard to quantify would be the amount of people who are made to seek help or encouraged to get help Mm -hmm. upon these two. You know, I I know it's a... Could be a huge number. The copycat, uh, you know, effect of any traumatic event is out there. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it will inspire some people to do the same thing if they were thinking about it. I mean, we see it in other crimes all the time. Um, that's why you hear the term copycat killer, copycat crime. Yep. I mean, that stuff has always happened. But I think you'd probably do more damage to try and sweep that stuff under the rug than to bring it out. And, you know, there were a lot of people advocating for mental health in the last few days since that suicide. And I think that can't be a bad thing. No, not at all. And it's, you know, the same thing happened after Chris Cornell's suicide. I know his wife has been working, you know, as an advocate for mental health since his death yeah. a year ago. Because really what it does to everybody around you is it leaves them with this sense of guilt, but also purpose. Like, all right, mm -hmm. well, I wasn't able to save this person in my life. And now I need to make sure that I'm doing everything that I possibly can to raise awareness and to raise the stigma and whatever. I mean, the Robin Williams thing, I still think about. That just rattled me yeah, from so shocking. It, it, it hit me in a different way because I just always looked at him as a a comedy yogi, you know, somebody who had mastered the craft, somebody who you know had achieved everything you could possibly achieve in comedy, had won an Oscar for dramatic acting, had seemingly everything you could ever want in a career and still couldn't overcome his inner demons. Yeah, but his was a little more complicated than just his inner demons. There was some advanced uh, health issues with him that may have been what sort of perpetuated the whole end-of-life process for him. He was trying to avoid things. He wasn't thinking clearly because of this. Uh, I can't remember what kind of dementia he had. Or he had some sort of Parkinson's that was like... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not smart enough to tell you what that was, but I I do want to read the Dave Iskoff book about it because it was not just he was sad. No, no, I know it. that. Like there there was a lot more to that particular one, but he was definitely always fighting demons his whole life and career. There's no doubt about that. Self medicating with drugs for and sure. alcohol for sure. Yeah. Testimony in the trial of the father of accused cop killer Rockmail Holt starts today. Gregory Paul Bacham is accused of strangling his girlfriend after she talked to police during the search for Rockmail Holt after he allegedly killed New Kensington police officer Brian Shaw. Bacham's girlfriend claims he grabbed her by the neck twice while she slept last November. She filed the complaint against him a couple days after she met with authorities as they searched for Holt. Well, how about a feel-good story? Thank for the you, morning? Jesus. The work of Boy Scout oh. Alex Doss of Cedar Point, North Carolina, will be making a difference each and every day at Silverdale Elementary School. He has built and installed four buddy benches around the playground. The brightly painted benches will provide places to sit, but they are special because they're a place where a kid can sit if they need a friend during recess or any time during the day. When a child sees a classmate sitting alone on the bench, they are encouraged to go up to them and talk or play. Because of all the help he's gotten from school, Alex was inspired to do something positive and add back uh, to the community with kindness. Are kids responding to that stuff, Bill? What? Like, kindness? Reaching out. Re like being made aware shunning. that bullying is bad. And if you see a kid sitting by himself, because back in my day, if the teacher said, this is a bench. Back in my day. And when I was it, back in my when day. When I was a whippersnapper. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, no, but when I was a kid, if someone's like, this is the bench where people who uh, want friends sit, they'd be sitting there alone for a long time. The other you, kids have to be made to feel like, no, no, it's it's a responsibility you have to go make that kid feel a little more welcome. Here, Here's the thing. We can't 
we can't say how this would affect us because we're putting it into the reality that we grew up with. The reality is if you raise kids with that, that's all they know. Like they they are aware of bullying now because of these anti-bullying campaigns in school. So even if I'm just sitting with my daughters on the porch and it's just us and I say something kind of mean, like I said that, you know, this one kid they go to school with has a big head (laughs) and they were like, dad, that's, that's mean. That's not nice. Like you shouldn't say that. And I was like, I know, but I'm not saying it around them or anything. And they were like, it's still, it's mean. That's awesome that they call you on that. I love that. You know what I mean? So, so it is working. It, It has an effect. It's just, you know, if their life outside the school is total garbage and the parents aren't doing any work, then yeah, the buddy bench isn't going to work. Right? Well, it's go ahead. N- nothing. Go ahead. No, it's the same. It's it's the question you know that you could apply to so many different things. Is did bullying get worse over the years, or were we just made more aware of it? Like, I don't know if bullying is any... I mean, it's getting way better now, but at the time... Yeah, but bullying begets bullying, too, because if you are bullied, then you're like, I better start bullying somebody who is not as tough as me, because otherwise, I'm just going to get bullied by everybody. And so people, most people are bullies and get bullied. And I think that, honestly, like, some of the bullying I saw in high school at Alderdice was, was so brutal... Like it, it, it was way more than just like bumping a kid into the locker. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably not happening to that level now. Like, you know, teachers, other students, like people are intervening quicker. That's that's more like just violence, though, than bullying. True. Well, I also think that kids have a different targeted. mindset now because they feel like they're all part of the same potential group of victims a lot of time. And they're going through these like drills for like active shooter drills and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey guys, we're actually really on the same team. And now they're like a band of brothers and sisters who are constantly going through these drills. And it probably has a profound effect on how they relate with one another. We didn't have to go through any of that. No. Yeah, fire drill was the biggest thing yeah. we did yeah and that or, was just a, and that was, that was like, an excuse to smoke cigarettes or bomb for us <laughs> like dude's a fire gel let me bomb a burrow real quick and that was just yeah like you come out and you're just like looking at you're girls like, hey. from other classes like oh what's up we had yeah. class for 10 minutes we're outside when we shouldn't be isn't this kind of crazy yes i'm smoking do you <laughs> uh if you have a dog do you talk to your dog and baby talk well i'll talk Dogs get all talk. Dogs get baby talk. They get people talk. They get duck talk. And they understand it all. The baby talk might be annoying to others, but dogs love it, apparently. According to a new study, dogs are more likely to perk up and listen when you use the tone of baby talk. Oh, my God. I saw. I was at Arts Fest last night, and I saw this little pug, and it, like, rolled over and started, like, doing... <laughs> Those noises, like, he's like, rub my belly, rub my belly. I mean, yeah. you had to talk, baby. You're like, oh, this, look at this little guy. <laughs> Here's the thing. I want you guys to start talking to me like that. <laughs> Bill, I, you do I, talk to you like that. I mean, oh, look at you. <laughs> look at you. Aren't you a good boy? <sighs> I mean, who wouldn't love that? Hey, That's know. great. Scratch my back and, and, you know, talk nice to me. Well, start snorting and roll <laughs> under your belly. <laughs> A new survey asked people how many people they've kissed in their lives. 5% have never kissed anyone. 
That includes 19% of people between 18 and 24 years old and 2% of people over 55. It's also uh, split pretty even by gender. 4% have only kissed one person. On the other end, though, 15% have kissed more than 50 people. And guys more likely to have the hot lips. The hot lips. (laughs) That's actually not a good thing. That guy's got hot lips. He better go sit on that bench over there so people come hang out with him. (laughs) It's the Vautrex bench. (laughs) (laughs) Former Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee's fiance is admitting the couple has made sex tapes of themselves. In a recent interview, Brittany Furlong confirmed the tapes exist, then added, but they're not coming out. Of course, Tommy Lee, famous. Nobody wants Motley to see Crew Tommy Lee's again dragging luggage around, driving boats without the steering of his hands. Yeah, well, how old, how old is he though? <laughs> oh, he's in his fifties. Do you really want to see him hacky sacking his <laughs> stuff around? His fiance. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I don't. No, I don't want to see him assault anyone. Apparently, those two are getting married on Valentine's Day next year. Good for them. Very romantic. And Great. finally, Dave Grohl and his mom are teaming up to executive produce a documentary series based on the Rock Moms book, From the Cradle to the Grave. In the book, Virginia Hanlon Grohl interviewed other moms of famous musicians about their superstar offspring. The series doesn't have a release date yet. Uh, it will use excerpts from years of interviews with the moms of musicians, as well as Hanlon Grohl's own family stories. Sunny upper 70s today, it's 53 at DVE. Well, there's going to be another Top Gun. Yes. Tom Cruise is going to reprise his role as Maverick. Is uh, Val Kilmer going to be in it? Yes, he is. He has to lose a lot of weight to be in this movie. Otherwise, he's going to be flying the blimp. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be a blimp pilot, and that's about it. Yeah, he's supposed to be in it. I wonder if Meg Ryan will come back. That poor poor woman. She messed up her face so bad. I haven't seen her. She got really bad plastic surgery. Oh, no. Remember how cute and adorable Meg She's Ryan so... was for like 25 years? Oh, yeah. And then what happened? She, she got decided to get plastic like surgery. plastic surgery and it totally changed her face. And she looks like. She looks what? like she was Meg riding Ryan. in one of those jets with the windows down. <laughs> she looks like her lips got like puffed up and they got crooked. And I think she had like weird, something weird with her cheeks or. I feel bad, man. You guys get... Ladies just don't have it fair in Hollywood. Or is it because they wait until the last second and then they you have to do a little bit at a time and slowly like do the Sharon Osbourne, just nonstop Maybe. surgical procedures. Tiny so that, nipping and yeah. tucking. Because when you do drastic overhauls, it's like, wow, it's like all of a sudden Route 28 has four lanes. Like, this doesn't look anything like what it did before. Wow, if you look at the before and after pictures of her, they're so different. Why is there uh, a guardrail on your neck? cute cute girl and then she's got like cheek implants it looks like and lip implants yeah, it's, and it's sad um maybe a chin implant i mean you could always just stop doing the movies you know that that's an option she looks like she had her teeth done oh, i'm not saying they haven't lost perspective bill i'm just saying it's sad that they you know they have feel to, forced yeah, to they feel forced to stay on the hamster wheel and right she was so good in so many movies. Top Gun, you know, that was a brief role for her. So, you know, Anthony Edwards' character died. I wonder if Kelly McGillis is going to be in it. I don't it. know. Didn't she? What does she look like now? Didn't she, like, 
She looks like Val Kilmer. Didn't she like <laughs> she might. join like a, I don't know, I thought she became like a part of a cult or something like that. Weird. I'm not 100% she went sure. weird. But Top Gun is a movie that does not need a sequel. That does not need no. to be remade. The, you know, it's, really? Yeah. It's you just, don't think? No. Stand alone. I think it would be good for, you know, all these years later to see what, ha- like, is he I, an instructor now at the Top Gun school? And I feel like it's it's too tame to be redone. Like, it, it you know, if you watch the old movie now, it's like the craziest thing he does is flip somebody the bird when he's upside down. Whoa. Mike Birbiglia called this uh, a while back to talk about how much he loved Top Gun. I had this thing. Recently, I, I, I re, I, I'll give people one piece of advice if you're married is don't force your wife or husband to watch a movie that you have not seen since your childhood and don't remember that well and preface it by saying, this is who I am. <laughs> we, were, we were watching Top Gun and I had forgotten that this is a homoerotic fighter jet film. <laughs> we're watching this scene where the, uh, the gentlemen are playing beach volleyball and they're, they're shirtless and they are oiled up for each other. There are no women for miles of this scene. For each other. I don't know. Were they oiled up for each other? Well, well I, I mean, to be, I mean, who's to say? But at the, end, at the end of the scene, the Maverick character has to drive a motorcycle to get to a woman. That's how far women are away from <laughs> And my wife turns to me. She had never seen the movie. She turns to me with utmost earnestness and goes, is this the movie that's who you are? <laughs> and I never thought that I would have to explain to my wife that I'm not gay. I thought that was understood <laughs> from all the sex stuff. Apparently, apparently that's not so convincing. And then the more I tried to explain it, the worse it got. I was like, I was 12 years old. I was at John Casey's birthday party. <laughs> After the movie, we all danced to the song Danger Zone. <laughs> this is who I am. But, uh, yeah, so this week we're watching Cocktail, and we're hoping for the best. I'm telling you right now, I saw it not long ago. It holds up. It's it doesn't. But, I mean, none of those movies, <laughs> none of the movies from the 80s that – Tom Cruise was in in particular. They don't hold up, but they had so much gravitas as a kid. You're like, oh yes, the oh things, yeah. The things that Top, are important in life are are that. Top Gun particularly has no stakes whatsoever. Like I couldn't believe how little stakes there were. It's there. There's they're in peacetime in the movie. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason anyone should die, and then Goose dies. My yeah. favorite character, Goose dies. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason he dies is because Maverick is uh, he's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> not not yeah. the Germans. Not no, uh, yeah. no. Al Qaeda. Not any any real uh, combatant. No, it's Maverick. It's Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's the guy we're rooting for. It's his fault. The whole movie's his fault. Yeah, they're practicing. And, and the, the voice, yeah, they're practicing, exactly. And the voice of reason in the whole movie is Iceman, who's played by Val Kilmer, who's the villain of the movie. He's the only logical person in the whole movie. He goes, he goes Maverick, you're too dangerous up there. You're too dangerous. Because what Maverick does, if you remember, is he'll, he'll fly his jet at an inverted angle to another jet 
for the sole purpose of giving that other guy the finger. Ninety percent chance everyone dies. Ten percent chance mildly amusing, maybe not even a story you tell. DVE Sports. Mike Persuda with your sports on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? A lot going on on the south side yesterday. In one respect, it was just another in a sequence of OTAs leading up to veteran mandatory minicamp next week. But in another, it was a special day because the Steelers made Ryan Shazier available to the media so that Shazier would have an opportunity to update everyone on his progress. And the progress is profound. He's getting there. He's got a long way to go, and he knows he's got a long road ahead of him still. But Ryan Shazier walking to the podium with a cane and letting everybody know that he's doing just great. He really appreciates all the support he's gotten. He's been blown away by it. It's really helping him to, to maintain the positive attitude that he refuses to deviate from no matter what happens to him or what circumstance he faces. Uh, one of the great points he made yesterday, guys, was that he said he knows he's getting better because he can see that his three-year-old son is figuring out that he's getting better. It's kind of hard for him to understand, but I know that he understands that daddy's hurt and that uh, that he constantly wants to like see me see me get better. Like sometimes, like uh, when I was in a wheelchair, he would be trying to push me in my wheelchair, or like if I drop a cane, he help me pick my cane up. But it, it, but it's kind of cool because you understand that he sees that I'm getting better because sometimes he'd be like, "Hey, daddy, come on, walk. Or, daddy, come do this. Or daddy, come do that." And before when I was Heard a little bit more, and you could tell that he went, like he wouldn't ask me to do some of the stuff that he's asking me to do now. So uh, just to know that he see I'm doing, I'm doing a lot better, just to know that uh, I am getting a lot better, it really means a lot for me and him because the, the fact that I'm getting a lot better allows me to play with him more, allows me to just do more activities with him when I wasn't able to do that three months ago. So it really means a lot. Definitely my favorite part of that. That whole press conference. And that's that's the win in this scenario, right? Not yep. coming back to play again, playing with your kid. Yep. Oh, yeah. And the kid seeing it and understanding. Hey, Daddy, come on, walk. Oh, there's no sugarcoating on a kid. If it, yeah. Like, you can't hide the truth from them. So uh, that was uh, that was a pretty uplifting day yesterday. Even I think I, I was surprised was everybody awesome. didn't break into applause when he walked in the room. Yeah, me too. I thought everybody yeah. was going to be like, all right, I know it's a media. And Technically, you re- you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to try to be professional. You're not cheering that, for a team, though. To, I mean, yeah, that's... no, you're, it's a good point by you. I'm just, I'm conditioned. I, I thought, no, I think that's. I thought about it. No, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. because your journalistic yeah, training it's... is you don't. Yeah. If, you know, if an athlete walks in the room, you aren't like, oh, but this was, yeah. Wouldn't have surprised me if that happened. I think if you were not at the Steelers facility, it might have been more of the impulse. Maybe. But because that yeah. was the setting where you don't cl- clap if the coach comes in. It just it, he talked about why he stays positive and you know his basic to boil down his response. It's why not? You know what? What good does it do to wallow? You know, uh, do what you can do every day. Try to make today a little bit better than yesterday, and look forward to making tomorrow a little bit better than today, and see where you end up. I have such admiration for him to have come as far as he did, but yeah. the mental aspect of that, I don't. Tough guy. Man. I just can't imagine. Nor being able to get over that part of it. No. And that was always the thing he was passed from day one to the point where I thought, like, well, boy, I, gosh, he must be in shock. You know, he's saying things that, like, you know, meanwhile, that's how dumb I am. 
because I'm sitting here thinking there's no way this guy's going to be able to play football again. And I still, I mean, you know, whether or not that happens uh, remains to be seen. But like, and I don't know how smart it would be, but he could probably do it. Well, I mean, to, he's come so much further than I ever thought he would come. Well, that's why I think it's such an inspiration is because most of us feel like a trauma to that level would completely demolish any expectation we had of playing again. And we would be reserved to, you know, w- what is my life? What can it be now? And he's like, no, I'm getting right back to where I was. And even if he doesn't, that's still an incredible mind state. He said he does have bad days. Occasionally, as everybody does, but the way he broke it down was, it, in a span of a hundred days, he has ninety-five good days, three days that are kind of neutral, and maybe two bad days. I'd take that. Those are yeah, that's phenomenal. I, I don't have those. No, I was just gonna say uh, pretty yeah. good stats. I've had three bad days this week, <laughs> and it's Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good for him. And, and uh, today you know, is still the. You know, yet to be seen. I, I don't want to speak for Ryan, but everybody that's uh, reached out in any manner, uh, you know, he really is hearing and feeling and thriving on all the good wishes, and he's very, very appreciative. Right so, on. Well, keep him coming for Does him. he realize how much how appreciated he is? Like, does he realize that he's oh, yeah. an inspiration? Yes, he, okay, yeah. good. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, Pirates appreciated that uh, the Dodgers pitchers, uh, there were eight of them last night at PNC Park. They walked 10 buckos and hit three more. That helped the Pirates turn 10 hits into 11 runs and an ugly 11-9 win. I guess it wasn't ugly given how infrequently the Pirates have won recently. But, Randall, that's the kind of game I hate, a softball game in a major Mm -hmm. league stadium that takes forever and uh, just makes makes you want to How many pitching changes? Uh, Dodgers had eight guys on the mound uh, at one point, eight different guys on the mound, and the Pirates had uh, six. Oh, Javi- Javier Vasquez got through, or excuse me, Felipe Vasquez got through a four-out save. He walked a couple guys in the ninth inning to make it interesting and had to face Kemp with two on oh. and a two-run lead. But uh, they get through it. Uh, they're 31-30. and 30. They've got the Dodgers again this afternoon. Dennis Santana for L.A. He's 1-0 with a 12.27 ERA. He's pitched three and two-thirds major leagues innings. He'll be opposed by Jamison Tyone, 3-4, and four, 3.97. I, I, I skipped ahead there for a minute. Uh, Got to go back to OTAs for just a second because not only was Ryan Shazier there yesterday, but Ben Roethlisberger was there yesterday. Third week OTA's been making his second appearance, and he said that, uh, you know, participation, attendance, it's uh, it's a matter of circumstance. It's not required. So if you can get there, you get there. If you can't, you don't. Yeah, it depends on family vacations and things like that that are planned before OTA schedule comes out. Don't want to get those fees for changing the flight or anything like that? Yeah, I just don't want to mess with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you schedule a trip somewhere, and it's, oh, hey, honey, sorry, we got to delay it because – I got to go practice football in shorts. You know, he shouldn't have to defend any of that. He just he feels like he has to now because of all of the controversy. It has been uh, an often debated subject, and uh, it's up to the player. And it's up to the team. To me, yeah, uh, player and coach. Yeah, you get to a certain level. You know, Tyler Maddukavich should probably be there. Right, Ben Roethlisberger. If if Mike Tomlin wants him, to, as Ben said last hour, if the coach had said, "Please come every time," he would have come every time. Hasn't been said, so it hasn't happened. Uh, the Cup might be won tonight in Vegas. It'll be in the building when the Caps take on the Golden Knights game five of the Stanley Cup final. Washington with a three games to one series lead. And 
the goaltending matchup uh, has become uh, more than interesting. Mark Andre Fleury started the Stanley Cup final with a 12 and 3 record of 1.68 goals against and a .947 save percentage in the playoffs. Absurd numbers. Uh, going into tonight, Flurry is 13 and 6, 2.15.929. Uh, Holtby actually has a better postseason goals against at 2.13. His save percentage of .923 is right there with Flurry's, and uh, so is his 15 and 7 record. Caps on the verge of their first championship tonight. And Golden State's on the verge of another one after a 110-102 win in Game 3 of the NBA Finals against Cleveland last night. The Warriors lead three games to none. Thanks, Mike. Mayor Bill Peduto, when we come back on It's the DVE Morning Show, 102.5 WDVE, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The mayor of the city of Pittsburgh, Mayor Bill Peduto, joining us right now on the line. How are you, Mr. Mayor? Good morning, people. Um, I'm doing good. I'm on my way out to the airport, so I, I tried to time this. I'd be on the other side of the Fort Pitt Tunnel, but unfortunately it looks like I may be on the phone with you as we go through, but let's try and try and do it anyway. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, the tunnel. Can't you get those nerds you, at CMU uh, to figure out how to get us some reception all the way with, through the tunnel? Within a minute. Yeah. I mean, but i got to get the, the nerds at PennDOT to agree. Yeah. Take uh, the detour. <laughs> take Take the West End Circle so we can keep this conversation going. Yeah, I I don't want to miss the plane, but yeah. Where are you going? Boston, uh, U.S. Conference of Mayors. It's when all the mayors get together and talk mayor stuff. Yeah. And um, have interesting people come and talk. Exactly. Exactly. Mayor. Exactly. What happens? And somebody will yell out, you know, some lobbyist or some uh, contractor, hey, mayor, and everybody turns around. Yeah. <laughs> so, wearing my bucket hat, doing the official Pittsburgh thing through the airports. Oh, well, that's uh, that's nice. Did you have you been to any Buckos games yet this year? <laughs> doing the official Pittsburgh thing with that too. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, has uh, what's the what what has Rob Rogers ever pissed you off in a cartoon in the Post Gazette? My joke has always been that the TV adds twenty pounds, Rogers adds thirty. So um, <laughs> yes. And not just on the weight thing, but uh, on some of the times when he attacks me from the left. Do you think he's unfair? Uh, no. I think that he is a political satirist that, as I tweeted out last night, would make Will Rogers proud. I think that Pittsburgh is blessed to have someone like him of his talent who's recognized around the country as being one of the top local cartoonists in the country. And somebody who... Um, it does what every political satirist and every political cartoonist does. They express their opinion. And their opinion may not always jive with a uh, politician. It may not always jive with the editor. But what they do is they keep it pure. And uh, that's what's needed. It's, it's not that it's a uh, political bent from something that is not meant to be political. It is to be political. That's why we have political cartoons and why we've had them in a nation and a critical role in keeping us all on our toes. Do you ever look at it, though, like uh, he used to work for a Mexican restaurant and he was really good at making tacos, but now they want to make Italian food and tacos don't have a place at the buffet? I fear that. I don't... um look at it that way, but I, I see where the 
editorial board of the Post-Gazette's going. I know where the city of Pittsburgh is going politically, and it's in a different direction. But I also realize where the publisher's politics may be different than the majority of the writers, the vast majority of the writers and the people who work at that newspaper. Have you been down to Three Rivers Arts Fest yet? No. I'm, uh, yeah, I know. Are you going at all? Or are you not going to be able to because you're out of town? I'm, I'm back on Sunday. Are you going to go to the Mavericks? We'll see. We'll see. There's, there is hope. If it doesn't rain? Got to get your funnel cake during June, yes. Couldn't they build a dome out of funnel cakes to keep the rain off the people who are going down to Point State Park every summer and get rained on? It would require a combination between Carnegie Mellon and the University of Pittsburgh to be able to pull something of that magnitude <laughs> off. Get the nerds on that, too, would you? they got a they, lot on their plate. They, got, they do. They're, they're just going to stay busy all summer, you know. No, like, summer at the beach or any of that stuff. But then again, they're nerds, so it's not like they have lives. Yeah, they don't go to the beach. Yeah. Hey, by the way, halfway through the tunnel, uh, still got you, and traffic is flowing on the Parkway West, heading outbound. All the way looking to Green Tree. Yeah. I'll wave to you as I come Live by. That's nice. If you can give us the weather now, we'd appreciate it. The weather's partly cloudy and mild. Mild. We finally got spring. Yeah. Mr. Mayor, very important question. Who's uh, the Con Smythe winner? Who's the what? The Con Smythe winner. The Con Smythe winner. MVP. Wow. I haven't thought of that yet. But, you know, Fleury made a point during the season Holtby made a point during the season. They both made their points uh, during the uh, playoffs. I'd say one of the two of them, even though the playoffs don't count, uh, you know that they No, no, yeah, Con Smythe is all Con Smythe all is the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, you're confusing it with the Hart Trophy. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I was thinking Vezina. And the, the, the uh, correct answer is Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. And deservedly so. I mean, Kinetsov obviously – had a great playoff and was a game changer, but Ovechkin um, play, is playing like his life's on the line and the, the Russian mob will take him out if he doesn't win it this time. you think that's actually the case? Don't know. Don't know. Have to ask Stormy Daniels to get that type of information. <laughs> Stormy's, she's, they're relentless. That's, that uh, continues. Another lawsuit filed <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's also running ads now. I uh, was checking out some stuff on the internet and oh, yeah. uh, looking yeah. at uh, oh. checking out some porn. <laughs> just just looking at the Stormy Daniels ads, stuff. huh? I, I was checking out the UFAs out of uh, Calgary to see if there's any good left wings that the Penguins should be looking uh, at. Sure. And the Stormy Daniels ad came up, and uh, she's now advertising as a. Uh, uh, yeah, you can check her website. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm probably not going to end up doing that. All right, so <laughs> it is one of the biggest concert seasons that I can ever remember here in Pittsburgh. Are you going to any? Are you planning on I going? You already told me you're not going to be able to. You probably won't make the Mavericks, but you got Radiohead right. going on. Yeah, Stage AE's never been busier. High Mark's so, starting to have concerts. I got into a pretty heated uh, debate with a friend of mine who. Uh, known since like kindergarten and he's a big Radiohead Tom York fan I I'm not and he really doesn't get why I'm not and I I just never have gotten into Radiohead so um we'll see maybe I'll go to the concert and try to see if it 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 works 
Um, but I, I, right now, I have not bought tickets for anything. The last show I saw was uh, David Byrne, which was part rock show, part Broadway. You know, it was like, yeah. uh, stop making sense. Every moment of it was choreographed into a into a show, and uh, it was incredible. If I mean, you- yeah, the I, the, ra- the reviews for that were uh, just insane. Everybody said that was one yeah. of the most unique shows they'd ever seen. Right, right. Um, we're talking to Mr. Mayor Bill Peduto. All who's, Jay is coming in. Make see yeah, them. All Jay's um, great. Make sure you see Ween. Ween's going to be at Stage AE, too. Don't miss that I show. don't know the Ween. Dude, you got to get to know Ween. See, this is how it starts, and then you get mad at me. I'm not going to get mad at you. You like Ween. No. I feel like there should be a Stormy Daniels ad in here somewhere. No, there shouldn't be. <laughs> Now, if you get if you uh, commit a traffic violation on your way to the airport, can you pardon yourself out of that ticket? Absolutely not. Nobody is above the law. Not even you. <laughs> I get tased, brother. You're not going to get tased. That's not going to happen. Nothing well, like that. We'll see happen. what happens with the next FOP contract. But uh, yes, I uh, cannot do that. What about Uber? Is Uber above the law? Because they operate yeah. like like they are. They yeah, man. To. I try to keep them in their lane, you know, and then I get criticized. You're going to run them out of town. But, you know, it doesn't know anything about business. And I get all that stuff. And then at the same time, it's like uh, you're too nice to them and you should never have brought them to Pittsburgh. So I've, I've found that Uber is sort of like the bicycle lane of um, automobile transportation. Just can't find anyone that's happy. So where does that stand right now? Are they going to start testing those driverless cars again here in Pittsburgh? Yeah, the... Uh, they're meeting with the state secretary of transportation in the next week or so. And uh, <clears throat> until the state has laws in place, what I'm asking is they stay at 25 miles per hour <clears throat> while they're under automation. If they want to get on the parkway, great. Have the driver drive, drive 55, 65 like we do in Pittsburgh, whatever. But while they're on city of Pittsburgh streets under automation, stay at 25 the fatality rate between 25 and 35 is vastly different. And um, if something were to go wrong, there's a greater assurance that it would not end up in a fatality at 25. Once the state puts rules in place, then that's fine. But while there are no rules and it's the Wild West, let's at least adopt that. And there's a couple of other things that we've been uh, talking with Uber and the other autonomous vehicles about. And the others seem to be fine with it. Um, Hopefully the state will be as well. When do we find out who's the winner of the Amazon sweepstakes? No idea. They they do not let us know anything. So their communication with all 20 cities is extremely minimal. It's basically uh, like <laughs> it's hard to explain it this way, but it is. It's like going in for a prostate exam. You just sit there and you wait while they probe around and let you know how well your application is. See, I, I don't want to uh, attract anybody's business who it makes it feel like I'm on the receiving end of a prostate exam. It seems like Amazon has uh, started that exam in Seattle, and they, uh, they never finish the exam. It's just an ongoing thing, you know? <laughs> I don't, like, the, the no, Amazon thing terrifies me because I think it's going to, if you get it, the jobs, a lot of people will be coming into town with those jobs. We'll have an influx of people. Rents will go sky high, and then it'll drive all the artists and all the people of lower income out of the areas of town that they have helped to, uh, to build up and make attractive in the first place. 
we lost over 200,000 people in the 80s. Uh, an influx of 50,000 people over 17 years is what we should expect at a minimum, at a minimum. And w- cities have been growing like Austin and Nashville and others at rates of 20 to 30,000 per year. What that drives up is a GDP, and that GDP means that that waitress that works at the restaurant on a Tuesday night that has only two people come in and has to work a second job can work one job in order to be able, because there's more people that are there. It means that there's taxes to be able to keep our city schools open, not close them down, and to keep officers on our streets. It is a proposal that would significantly increase our GDP. And yes, we do realize what happened in Seattle. So our application addresses issues. How will you enhance public transportation? How will you enhance affordability when it comes to housing? How will you create a network of connecting local people to the jobs you're creating through uh, workforce development? And how can the taxes that are being created from you coming here basically pay to do that? So if we felt that it was going to be something that would hurt Pittsburgh, we wouldn't apply. But there's a reason that 240 cities all jumped in immediately. They realized that they can write proposals that would benefit their cities, and that's what we did. How far away is Pennsylvania from fully legalized recreational marijuana? You know, it's surprising to say this, and, um, you know, we're always at the end of anything that happens that's progressive, but I believe within years. Um, There is a lot of support happening from not just Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, but smaller cities, I believe, Bethlehem City Council just passed a resolution. Our state auditor general, Eugene DePasquale, um, has not only come out with a proposal that would allow for it to be legal, but has implemented it into the state store system and would actually produce revenue that could go to helping um those who are suffering with addiction and education and at the same time be able to regulate it as a, um, a, a, a controlled substance. Yeah. I, I'm a Med- medicinal marijuana benefits aside, which have already been proven, just legalizing it in the, the areas in the states where it has been legalized. So showed to be a pretty effective uh, uh, combative technique against opioid addiction. It does. In fact, the argument has been made for years that it was a gateway drug toward other drugs like opioids, when in fact the research has proven quite the opposite and that it has been able to be utilized for medicinal purposes in helping people to break addiction with opioids. Um, You know, all you have to do is have a loved one who suffers through cancer during chemo and understand that a plant that grows naturally has the ability to lessen the pain that you watch them go through, but then understand that politicians keep people from being able to obtain it and understand how absolutely ridiculous it is when the harmful effects of cannabis is much lower 
than alcohol. Okay, so you have to get to your flight, and I have to get to a commercial break. But before we do that, a yes or no answer to this one. If the Steelers were to have won the Super Bowl and were headed to the, the White House and you had an invitation, and then all of this controversy uh, that was going on with the Eagles kind of was the uh, same thing was going on here, would you accept the invitation to accompany the team to the White House? No. I mean, I already uh, passed up the opportunity with the Penguins. So, I mean, and it was when the uh, whole issue came up at the first time about uh, taking a knee and the mandatory obligation of telling people they have to uh, stand. I stand. I put my hand on my heart. I uh, I don't sing because I have a bad voice, uh, but I uh, participate and I think of people like my brother that have served in the military services but i don't force other people to have to do that that what if you got to have lunch with scott pruitt in the navy mess hall every day would you then accept it (laughs) and that doesn't make it more enticing no it doesn't what if he threw in a chick-fil-a franchise yeah very very uh important question that i just have to ask you guys before we go which is your favorite shenderovich is it left or right? I like the guy in the middle. I like the silent guy. That's Fishman. That's Fishman. I like the silent guy, too. You're a Fishman guy. Yeah, I'm right, because he's the one who just sits there and doesn't try to say anything. He just looks at you like, mm-hmm. I'm going to save you money. You know those guys are black belts, right? I just made that up. Hey, have a good flight. <laughs> <laughs> I believed you. I was like, I'm <laughs> have a great flight, and thanks for uh, joining us this morning, Mr. Mayor. And, uh, right. Say hi to all the other mayors. I will, Mayor, Mayor, Mayor. Exactly. All right. Take care, man. We'll see you. That's Mayor I'll Bill Peduto this morning on the DV. Richard Simmons is suing a private investigator claiming he put a tracking device on his car. How hard can it be to follow Richard Simmons around. You need to actually put a tracking device <laughs> yeah, on him. He's not elusive. Yeah. He's not a snow leopard. Well, it's like trying to uh, <laughs> putting a tracking device on the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. <laughs> right, right, right. You know when it's driving around. Yeah. When you see those striped uh, short shorts come out of the, the house, you, you know that's him. What By the way, Wienermobile like? might be the name he actually uses for his car. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, it is DVE Morning Show. Um, congratulations to my uncle, Joe Bellman. He is about to... Uh, what Joe do? Joe is going to his 1,000th NASCAR race. Oh, that's wow. a, quite an accomplishment. 1,000. That's a lot. That's a lot of races. That's a lot of years. 1,000. How many years? 25. Wow. Or wait, no, 55. And he still has his original liver. Yeah, I mean, I think that might be one of the only things that he or my dad have left that's original. Thank Fantastic. God for that Bauman liver. But he's going to his 1,000th NASCAR race that's this weekend incredible. in Michigan, the uh, Monster Energy Cup Series Firekeepers Casino 400. Thousandth. Thousandth. When I graduated from high school, my present from him was a pair of tickets to the Coca-Cola 5 400, I think it is. Did you go? I broke my ankle, and so he said, I'll buy them back from you. And I was like, all right, it's a good deal. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't, the like, cash? I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, like, hobble around. Did you break your ankle to not go to a NASCAR race? <laughs> it might have been a psychosomatic injury. I just woke up and I'm like, it feels broken. <laughs> no, I did it. I did it a week ahead of time. But um, 
Is yeah. Chris Devoto working this thing? Because we should uh, hook them up because he yeah, loves special. Krista. She should interview him. He's been to a thousand races. I'll send it to her. That's super fan stuff. Dude, you don't understand. Like every week, that's all I remember. He had a Winnebago where he painted race chaser on the side of it. (laughs) That's clever. And he used to go. And And surprisingly not racist. No. (laughs) (laughs) He drove all the way. He would like go to Talladega from Erie. Go to the race, turn around, and drive back. Wow. That's incredible. Like, would not sleep for a couple of days. Maybe that's in our blood, too. I don't know. I really want to go to a NASCAR race. Like, I want to go to Talladega or Indy or one of the big ones. Have you ever gone to Never. the ra- any race? Never. Oh, we should take None. It. There's lots of local racetracks. Go out to Smithton. Lernerville. I've never even seen the ponies. I mean, I've never been to a racetrack. Why don't you take it easy? First, go see the Buffalo at South yeah. Park. Just dip your toe in the wild animal yeah. water. See them run 35 miles an hour. Right what do you got, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Four degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. The word collusion has been used to describe Donald Trump's alleged ties to Russia in the 2016 election. But yesterday, Stormy Daniels, the porn star who had an alleged sexual encounter with Trump, used the C word to describe her former lawyer's dealings with Trump's embattled attorney, Michael Cohen. Daniels said Wednesday that Keith Davidson, who was her lawyer in 2016 when Cohen paid her that 130 grand in hush money, uh, said he colluded with Cohen in an attempt to get her to lie about her tryst with Trump. According to a complaint filed yesterday in California State Court in Santa Monica, Cohen and Davidson traded messages in January discussing plans to have her appear on Sean Hannity's Fox TV show to rebut her 2011 In Touch Weekly interview. The lawsuit also claims Davidson gave Cohen a heads up in February when he learned Daniels was getting a new lawyer and planning to publicly spill the beans about her relationship with Trump. Daniels is seeking at least a hundred grand in damages in this lawsuit and is accusing Davidson of a breach of fiduciary duty and also Cohen of abetting and aiding Davidson. It's tough to hear a story about a porn star and hear you saying spill the beans and fiduciary and like there's just so many double entendres (laughs) that want to just explode out of the story. Michael Cohen really puts the douche in fiduciary, doesn't he? This this whole scandal is so mind-numbingly stupid that Uh, I I have a hard time even contemplating the logic where they're like, all right, here's the hush money. Now go on Fox News. I can't follow all the lawsuits. It's just too much. I can't keep track of them. Or violations of federal election law. It's just the weirdest thing that's stuck for some reason. And I, I think it's probably because her new lawyer, that Michael Avenatti guy, is a He's, lawyer for this new age that we're living he in. He plays his game. Yeah. He he does, he's the, on TV he's every night. He's out Trump and Trump. He's on TV every single night. I wish everybody would go away. Everybody. Even us. No, I'd like to go away. Me too. Can we go away? Let's go to the mayor's conference. By the way, I don't know what the mayor promised Amazon because we're not privy to it. But when he starts comparing it to a prostate exam, I think maybe he promised a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's go back to the table. Which is or any- horrible leave, metaphor leave the room together. for the deal we offered Amazon. It's like a prostate exam. Hold on a second. Everybody take an elbow. I guess it depends on what you think about prostate exams. <laughs> I'm for them. If you enjoy them, 
Well, then Amazon's for you, apparently. Bill has a couple a year. Yeah. I th- you're supposed to do it biannually, right? <laughs> <laughs> a Peters Township man had a non-jury trial yesterday on charges of burglary, criminal trespass, and criminal mischief. According to an article in the Post-Gazette, 68-year-old Thomas Fallon who the article says is the owner of Fallon Electric Company, was caught on camera in the bedroom of one of his tenants doing something he should not have been doing with the tenant's panties. Oh, no. According to the article, he had been fixing a hot water tank at a Castle Shannon apartment that he owned, but he said he decided to take a walk through the apartment to make sure that nothing else was wrong, which... Makes him sound like a great landlord. Yeah. Just making sure the property's, uh, you know, out. not I'll breaking down. I'll be glad down. to check it out for you. Uh, but when he walked into her bedroom, according to his testimony, there was underwear laying around. <laughs> quote, I got aroused and rubbed myself. End quote. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I put her panties uh, on my head like Bane and... Uh, <laughs> He claims this, it wasn't like I just rubbed myself. I did get aroused. Okay, he uh, claims the situation just prevent, uh, presented itself. It's not why he went there. He says he's being treated for impulsivity <laughs> oh by a psychologist. The article states uh. the woman suspected someone had been going through her stuff, so she put up security cameras, and that's when she spotted Mr. Fallon enjoying his own company with her clothing. A verdict Just will be announced. Ripping and ripping. If she put the Benny Hill theme underneath it, it would make it less disgusting. <laughs> I got aroused and rubbed myself. The guy had to say that in court. The best part is his lawyer. Well, he, Mr. Fallon said that he, uh, when, when he was confronted with the images, I was embarrassed because at the time the police officer knew what I did. He's like, that was what embarrassed. Ah, I'm embarrassed. I got yeah. caught. Officer, uh, the uh, the attorney argued that since he had an attorney, yes, since he entered the apartment, as you said, for legitimate business, mm-hmm. there should be no criminal trespass or burglary charges. Uh, Mr. Del Greco, the lawyer, said his client did not do any damage to the victim's property since he did not. Uh, yeah, finish soil. Any of the property. <sighs> My furnace isn't working. Oh, I got it cranking. <laughs> just has- Bad news, though. You're going to need to replace that filter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to Bill after she put up the cameras. It would be funny if, like, the guy just walks in the house and he's doing He's like, I didn't do it when I got there. I've been doing it for hours. <laughs> and he just walks in the house and he's doing it down the stairs, still doing it. <laughs> it, just, it had nothing to do with her apartment. He's just trying to set a personal best. <laughs> My bum is on your couch. My bum is on your couch. <laughs> Did his own little Tom Imagine Green having thing. to get a law degree and use that. You're arguing that in court. At some point, you must have been like, I should have taken over the wholesaling business for my uncle. This, <laughs> I'm oh. not going to be able to be the oh, landlord, am my. I? This is a deal breaker. It, it feels like a deal breaker. <laughs> the judge is just like head in his hand. There's no evidence in this, right? <laughs> I don't need to. I mean, this is an evidenceless case here, right? There's no... Uh, what are the other people who live in his properties thinking? Oh, like, oh, yeah, that's God. a good point. Hey, let's fix this ourselves. I When I lived on Mount Washington in the in the 2000s, a friend of mine lived down the street from me, and her landlord, same, she, he had been spying on her. Mm-hmm. She found out, like literally caught him while like, she's taking a shower. She that's freaks out. That's everybody's nightmare. She freaks out. Her boyfriend is like 
an old friend of mine who he was living up in Erie. They're they're married now and have kids and stuff, but at the time they were dating. Mm-hmm. And uh I she calls me and she's like, oh, I have to get out of here and you know, can you come help me? And I was like, Yeah. So I called her boyfriend. I'm like, dude, I'm going down to help her. Uh, I don't know what you want me to do here or anything. And, you know, do you want to come down? And he's like, no, nah, you got it, dude. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Thanks. I'll just take care of this. So I get down and the landlord's yelling at her and stuff. So then I have to be like, this was one of the weirdest nights of my life. I was like, you know, I'm like, just chill out, dude. Like, How you know, like I got to threaten to beat up an old pervert. You know, so she can move her stuff out because he's complaining. I'm like, dude, I'm going to call the You had to cops. double dutch dude, your yeah, way into this situation? Call the police. I didn't have a cell phone. I like, literally didn't have a cell phone on me. But I was like, I'm going to call the cops. But she's like, don't. I just want to get out of here. So some other guy's walking by. And he, and he's like, trouble. And I'm like, dude, do me a favor. Just hang. Because it was up on the mountain. I'm like, do me a favor. Just hang here for two minutes if you got it. And I'm like, this pervert's, you know spying on her she wants to get out of the house and everything and uh, i just want to keep him intimidated and he's like no problem i'm like oh there's an accent and i'm like god we found liam neeson <laughs> dude so he's like i was just on my way to a meeting and i'm like meeting and he's like yeah some of my perverts Ira- anonymous <laughs> <laughs> he's like some of my irish friends and i'm like oh god there's a guy from the ira bring them all down like, right and now he's like, let's go just kill him. What are we waiting for? And I'm like, I don't know. We don't want to kill him. He's like, I'm going to bash his head in. And I'm like, no, dude, he's an old guy. He's a part. I mean, he deserves it. But like, so I now I had to stop the Irish guy from from killing the, the landlord. And we're like, I'm on the corner of Sycamore Street this is going, a movie. dude, chill out. And the, the old man's yelling. And I'm like, I'm going to let the Irish guy go if you keep it up. <laughs> And she got her stuff out and moved out, and the guy was—he was the creepiest guy ever. And every time I pass uh, that house on Sycamore Street, I'm like, "Here's where the pervert that almost died at the hands of an IRA <laughs> uh, sleeper cell head into a meeting." He pointed up to a building, and there was an Irish flag hanging in the window. I'm like, "Is you meeting up there?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Discussing car probably, bombs and the such. It, it was probably for like St. Margaret's or something. You know, it was probably right. like some church thing, but. You know, in my head, I conflated it. I immediately went to like, ah, he's in the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> and he did want it. He wanted to murder the guy. He was screaming at him. I'm like, God, you don't even know the details of this story. You're good. <laughs> no, he's just Irish. Maybe it was the he Irish. He around with his temper right at surface level. <laughs> he's like, I have a reason to beat somebody up. <laughs> Maybe it was the Irish boxing club. It might have been. That could have been it. He just wanted this, to get a few rounds in. He definitely wanted to beat up the guy because he thought I like gave him the best gift ever. Like, hey. Will you help me beat up an old man? And he's like, "Let's go get him." And I'm like, "Hold on." I mean, that's that's hold, that's the best scenario. Though. Hold on, Patrick. If you're like, you know, oh, I don't like this situation, and then you see that guy. Oh yeah, no. Now that, you got help. What the old guy stopped? You, you know, tag yeah. team. He got you know tap him in the ring. He he definitely got scared when that guy started screaming at him. <laughs> but. <laughs> It's just the weirdest scenario. The landlord thing. Uh, I'm so happy I'm out of that stage in well, my life. Because the technology exists now where they can just put those like little pen cameras in your room. You would never even see it. Oh, yeah. After I mean, they can put them in hotel rooms. Right. Public bathrooms. Dressing rooms. You sound like Bubba Gump. <laughs> with rooms instead of put them on shrimp uh, <laughs> put them in lasagna alright we're going to take a break Mike Mercedes got your sports now 40% DVE sports Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE morning show what's the word Mikey inspiring times on the south side yesterday guys uh, and I'm not talking about OTA number 8 
which I'm sure had its moments, but uh, the moment of yesterday at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex was Ryan Shazier uh, walking under his own power to a podium in the media room and conducting a press conference to let everybody know how well he's doing and how far he's come and how appreciative he is of all the support he's gotten. Shazier acknowledged during that press conference that, yeah, he does have his bad days, but not many. I'm going to be a liar if I would say there hasn't been any bad days. I feel everybody has some some rough days, but I promise you, if it's, if it's 100 days, probably 95 of them are good days, and, and five of them, I'm not going to say five, three of them are like neutral days, and the two of them are bad. You know, uh, I'm, I try to stay as positive as possible. You know, at the end of the day, you always have some some negativity that's try to seek, seek in, but I always felt from the moment I was younger, if you have a positive mindset, no matter what you're doing, as long as you're trying to do the best you can, uh, most likely the best outcome is going to come your way, and especially if you're working your tail off. Wow. I take two bad days out of 100. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Turned the facility into a TED Talk yesterday, just laying it down for everybody to pick up. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, he's reminding everyone that he's still dreaming of coming back to play ball again. He still loves football, despite what happened to him in December in Cincinnati. And he's working in uh, dabbling and learning the scouting and the coaching end of the business. But he's not diving into that stuff uh, too deep yet because he's still counting on playing some more. <laughs> That's down the road. Uh, Ryan Chazier also uh, acknowledged yesterday that uh, he knows he's come a long way and that uh, it hasn't been easy. When I was in rehab, the first few steps I took, I'm not going to even lie, me and my family were crying. Sometimes I look back in my videos and I still cry, but it's all tears of joy because at the end of the day, uh, I, I've read some articles, I've, I've seen some type of things, and you know, people always think in the worst case scenario, and just to know you go back and see where you came from and where people thought you would be to where you are now and where I plan on being, it really makes me appreciate every moment, every Every single step I take, every time I'm here with these guys, you know, every every time somebody comes talk to me, I, I try to just keep a positive mindset because you just have to appreciate every single moment that you're in because a lot of times we take things for granted that you might not think you take for granted. And wow. Long the, the, to follow up that latter point, he talked about noticing handicap ramps now at the entrances to buildings and things of that nature that you just – a lot of us kind of just blindly blow past in life, and uh, he's much more aware. It's uh, it's one of the most remarkable stories. It, it, it transcends sports. Oh, for sure. Keep going. Because most of us don't look at it like a, an issue with work ethic. They look at it like, okay, if you if you hear spinal stabilization surgery and then you see someone in a wheelchair, you think – Okay, well, they're not going to walk again. Yeah, like you were saying last hour, you have to kind of reset your your goals and expectations. Okay, now I can maybe do this or that. What's the quality of life yeah. from this point? He's not buying that. He is uh, charging ahead. It's uh, incredible. There was uh, another OTA yesterday, and some stuff went on. Ben Roethlisberger talked about that kind of stuff yesterday. He was back at OTAs, and he was maintaining that OTAs are something that need to be kept in proper perspective. You gotta understand too that this is football without pads on. Um, this is, you know, once you get this is kind of getting a, getting back into it. That's where I look at, at OTAs and mini camps. Just kind of getting back into it, knocking some rust off, 
Um, you know, you, you start to get a feel of some young guys a little bit, but it's all going to change when you get to camp. You know, once you get to camp, you get pads on, and that's when kind of real football begins, and that's when you really start to see how guys are because there's a lot of guys that come out here at this time of year that, that look spectacular with no pads on, and then you get pads on, and it's, it's a different ball game. It will be a different ball game at St. Vincent College in August. Pirates had a different result last night. They beat the Dodgers 11-9. to Bucks were leading four to nothing after the bottom of the second. It was four to four after the top of the third, and so it went the rest of the night, right uh, up and through the final moments when Felipe Vasquez was able to walk the tightrope in the ninth inning and work his way around a couple of walks and finally close it out. Pirates uh, get themselves back over five hundred at thirty-one and thirty. One more with the Dodgers this afternoon. Jamison Tyone's three and four with a three point nine seven. ERA for the Bucks. L.A. is going to throw Dennis Santana to the mound. He has pitched uh, three and two-thirds major league innings. He's 1-0 with a 12.27 ERA. The Knights <laughs> and the Caps will play game five in the Stanley Cup final tonight. Washington poised to perhaps win the first Stanley Cup in franchise history. And maybe this is uh, an eventuality we all should have seen coming over the last four years since Barry Trotz got there in the regular season. Washington's 205 wins lead the NHL. The Caps' 1,003 goals rank third in the NHL. Their 805 goals against rank second in the NHL. They're the only top five team in both categories over the last four years. And their power play ranks first at 23.2%. Maybe all Washington needed in retrospect was to figure out a way how to get the hell past the Penguins. Maybe they've been this good all along. See, this is why I don't like this. This is why I hate this. This is our job is to knock them out. We don't knock them out. Look at what's this happening. This is what happens. Now everyone's talking legacy. You let it happen. <laughs> you, you opened the door and they ran through it, but uh, not over yet. I got a feeling the Knights are going to win tonight. I, 6-2 the other night, and it was ugly for Vegas at times, but Vegas did a lot of good things in that game, particularly early. At, after 10 minutes, it could have been 2 or 3 nothing Vegas. Instead, it was scoreless. And then Washington got a power play, scored, and the thing kind of reset. But um, I got a feeling the Knights have – I don't think Vegas is going to win the series, but I think they have one more statement to make this year. Obviously, they got to play better in front of them, but I'm still waiting for Flurry to steal one. Well, if they, if they can just put together for one night, finish when you should finish, and then he stands on his head at the other end, that can get it done. Game time temperature in Las Vegas will be 98 degrees. <laughs> So it'll be basketball on ice again. That puck will wow. be bouncing around. Play the over. Yeah, because there's going to be such that, radical that, oh, transitions yeah. and unforeseen happenings. Play the over. 110 now, 102 Golden State over Cleveland at, uh, in Game 3 of the NBA Finals last night in Cleveland. It's 3-0 Golden State. LeBron yeah, James, that series is about to be over. LeBron James had 33 points. Kevin Durant had 43. Val's got news top of the hour. What are you talking about, Val? I'll tell you about the guy who got bitten by a severed snakehead. The Knox Boys, a special Thursday edition of the Coffee House today, performing in the Permanis DV Coffee House. Our friends from Permanis stopping by a little later on with the new uh, the New Yorker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look how oh, psyched you are. Pursuit is exactly. <laughs> eyebrows just shot oh. way up. <laughs> also, did, the, did the Belushi there. <laughs> Dan Saverin, 945. It's the DBE Morning Show, and uh, Permanis has a brand new Sammy, and it's the Polish Hill Sandwich, right? Oh, instant legend. Teaming up with uh, Mrs. T's pierogies, the Polish Hill Sandwich, 
has two thick slices of Italian bread, kielbasa, provolone, hot grilled slaw. So this is like a Polish <laughs> beer mustard and tomato. Wow. <laughs> but rather than the signature hand-cut French fries, the Polish Hill is piled high with Mrs. T's pierogies. Whoa. It's just ridiculous what they're doing. Crazy. They've they're at the top of their game. They just dropped off bags. There's there's huge boxes of sandwiches out there and two big ass containers of fries nice get yours today it's not quite a polish hot lunch it's the polish hill sandwich honey this place looks great i think all the yelp reviews were really spot on yeah but a couple of the reviews mentioned the creepy waiter one woman said everything he said to her just came across really skeevy oh you can't always believe what you read online Good evening, folks. My name is Tanner, and I'll be your server tonight. Uh, have you dined with us before, or is this your first time? First timers, but we've already looked at the menu online, and I to- totally already know what I want. Corn dog risotto. Done. Okay. And for the lady? I don't know yet. Is there anything that I might... Oh, you know what I think you'd like? A Polish hot lunch, huh? How's that sound? Me giving you a Polish hot lunch. Mm, that sounds good, honey. Actually, I'm not in the mood to be given a Polish hot lunch. You love Polish food. I would love to give you a Polish hot lunch. Just steaming hot. Oh, so, so good. I definitely do not want that. That's my missy. You know, she knows what she wants. Well, how'd you like to get a Mongolian beef platter? Mm, No, 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 that sounds bad, too. You sure you won't let me drop the Mongolian beef on your platter? No, I am not in the mood for meat. I mean, that is just my finicky missy. She knows what she wants and well, what she doesn't. In that case, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to go back in that kitchen. Uh-huh. Reggie! I'd love to go back in that kitchen and grab some clam. Just slowly massage that clam until it's ready to burst. I already don't want this. I might. Toss it in a bed of fresh greens and then drizzle my famous aioli mayo all over your clam. I want to go home now. You want it to go? I'll wrap your clam myself. No, I have completely lost my appetite. (laughs) Maybe forever. Well, looks like I'm going to need you to wrap my corn dag up. (laughs) That's a shame. I never wrap up my corn dog. Okay. Give me your corn dog. And don't wrap it up. A friend of mine lived down the street from me, and her landlord, same, he had been spying on her. So I called her boyfriend. I'm like, dude, I'm going down to help her. Uh, I don't know what you want me to do here or anything. And, you know, do you want to come down? And he's like, no, you got it, dude. And I'm like, yeah, sure, thanks. I'll just take care of this. So some other guy's walking by, and and he's like, trouble? And I'm like... Dude, do me a favor. Just hang. Because it was up on the mountain. I'm like, do me a favor. Just hang here for two minutes if you got it. And I'm like, this pervert's, you know, spying on her. She wants to get out of the house and everything. And uh, I just want to keep him intimidated. And he's like, no problem. I'm like, oh, there's an accent. And I'm like, God, we found Liam Neeson. Yeah. Dude. So 
He's like, I was just on my way to a meeting. And I'm like, meeting? And he's like, yeah, some of my Perverts Anonymous. <laughs> Randy Bowman and the DVE Morning Show. It's six minutes after nine at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Hailing and breathing. Getting comfortable in a haunted house over there. Yeah, you're going to it's 54 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the new PPG Science Pavilion at Carnegie Science Center, built to inspire. The legal sale of marijuana in Canada is expected to take a major step forward today. The Canadian Senate is expected to vote for sweeping legalization of marijuana. The House has already passed its own legal weed legislation. The Canadian government expects legal sales to begin as soon as 10 to 12 weeks from now. There are estimates legal sales of recreational pot could generate about $3.3 billion by 2027. Well, we talked to Mayor Peduto about it earlier this morning. He thinks it's uh, Pennsylvania is a couple years away, at least. But the tide is definitely turning. T- well, yeah, it's t- it's turned. It's just a matter of it actually sort of uh, once they figure out how they can properly monetize things. Well, yeah, I mean, I wanted to bring that up into the conversation because when he's talking about Amazon and what that's going to do for the GDP of the city, what do you think legalizing marijuana would do? It'd be a boost for sure. I would think. Huge boost. Uh, A couple of crazy animal stories this morning. A central Florida neighborhood got rid of an alligator that had been uh, wandering around for some time, but the animal knocked out the guy who hauled it away. It happened late last month in an Orlando suburb. Video shown on local television shows a Florida fish and wildlife trapper loading the eight-foot gator into the back of a pickup with a couple of police officers helping him. The gator's mouth was taped shut, um, but it started thrashing around. Caught him with a jab or hit, hit him the with the, his head. That's his what I head. thought. He headbutted the guy. Oh, I thought it was the oh, tail. No. Man. Because the tail, there's a definite, one of them gets smacked with his tail. Yeah, well, the the fish and wildlife guy or whatever, he got whacked with the snout, just goes down. Oh, man. Gator flops out of the truck. There was, a, Joe Rogan posted a video yesterday. Alligators are just, crocodiles, alligators are, are brutal. Alligators are the ones that can live on land for a lot longer. Know. Crocodiles have to be in water longer, right? Isn't that the distinction no between the two of them? Or is it just the crocodiles of, are a lot bigger? One of them gets made into an unacceptable shoe. <laughs> I know that. Well, it was like one of those, you know, crocodile farms or whatever, one of those tourist trap places, oh, yeah. you know, it was like a video. Where they from wrestle there. them. And uh, somebody's taking video of it. They're feeding them and they throw raw chickens. I saw this when I was in Costa Rica, too. They had a few of these. There's this bridge where people would, like, where they feed the alligators. Why would you do that? And you just stand over the bridge. Alligator and... bridge. So at any rate. Um, I mean, it'd be handy if they, one was chasing you. It's like a trainer who's doing this in the video. Like, wh- whoever it is. A gator trainer? Siegfried. Yeah. And um, it's, so this was a crocodile pit is what this was. And he, they throw the chicken in. There's, like, eight of them. And there's one dude who's, like, hanging out there, crocodile, uh, at, like, you know, 7 o'clock. And the trainer guy is at 6 o'clock. He throws it out. And all of these crocodiles start running towards the chicken. And the one crocodile that was hanging out at 7 o'clock sees everybody wrestling, and he jumps over onto the other crocodile that's running toward 
the chicken and instinctually just bites it by the leg and then does a wrestling move and flips his whole body weight into a 180 and goes, spins, That's how and they get you. rips the leg off of the other crocodile. Oh, my God. And he starts eating it. <sighs> and I've all never these heard of this. tourists are like, ah! They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're all horrified. That's how they get you. They go into the roll. Yeah. Yeah, it was the they, roll. They take yeah. you to the bottom and drown you, but I've never heard of croc on croc crime. Here, I'm showing Bill the video right now. I'm showing Bill too. Can you see it? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear Lord. Did you just see that? He just like twirled his leg off. Yeah. Is that- Why would he do that? Because they are. Yeah, but then he has to. They all live together. That's got to be uncomfortable (laughs) a little later on. Thanks a lot, Earl. (laughs) We're getting food thrown to us, and you eat my leg. I mean, (laughs) what kind of D bag move is that? The pizza's here. And I thought you were going to say it attacked the guy who was throwing the chicken. Yeah, that's what, uh, where I was. I'm going to just go to the source. Seeing no. this go. Ate the leg off of another uh, crocodile. But alligators are smaller than crocodiles. I think crocodiles so. Get Doesn't one have a like a pointy snout and one, another one's more square? Something like that. I, I mean, know. you see gators all over the place in Florida. If you've ever gone mm-hmm. golfing in, in Florida, you've seen a gator. Well, they're as far north as like Myrtle Beach. There's probably one in Carnegie. There probably is. Probably in my backyard. Uh, yeah, Texas that man. snake you have is going to eat it. Uh, Texas man recovering, speaking of snakes, after being bitten by a rattlesnake, even though the snake's head had been cut off. How, how oh, this is, is that, your worst nightmare. How is that possible? Jennifer Sutcliffe said it happened at their home near Lake Corpus Christi last weekend. The couple was doing yard work. Uh, the four-foot rattler slithered over to them. Her husband severed it, its head with a shovel, just wham, right Bang. down on it. So when he went to pick it up to throw it away, the head bit him and released all the venom. He had to go to the hospital. Hospital Doctors weren't sure whether he was going to make it or not. They said he had to be given 26 doses of anti-venom. Holy cow. And that was just from the top of the head. Yeah. You got to be well, a I guess real the body was there dumb dumb to get bitten by a, a dead rattlesnake. A bodiless head. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. All you got to do is wait like... A, a minute. How impatient was this guy? I don't know. He's unfortunately he's in stable condition though. So I mean, I definitely would have picked it up with the shovel, and yeah, thrown it up in the air and tried to fungo the head before I'd ever pick <laughs> right. it up. Yeah, let's play a home run derby yeah. with this thing. Pull. Or gloves or stomp it to why? death. I just why it's you killed it. I don't know. I would be like pounding it like bam bam until it was <laughs> right. disintegrated. Right. It would be rattler pace. Mm, also, I would be crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be like Edward Norton beating up Jared Leto in Fight Club. Anybody I show that snake picture to from my house last week is for totally freaked out by it. Dude, that's a big yeah. snake. Yeah. But everybody on Twitter's like, they're great to have around. Are they? Really? I don't really want to. I don't want to. Who's around. saying that to you? They're like, they catch mice and Are you followed and... by a bunch of swamp people? <laughs> snakes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just snakes with accounts. Uh, I want to get a family of possums living in my backyard. I just want them to cl- just eat all the ticks. Yeah. They're... Just come on over here and eat all the ticks. Yeah, possums but the snakes will eat the you. possums. They'll eat your garbage. The snakes not, might eat a baby possum, probably. Yeah, I bet a, I bet an adult possum eats a snake. Pretty, mm. like it could. Mongoose I mean, would. Size wise, 
Mongoose is mongoose. just good to have around. Ricky right? Tiki Tacky? Yeah. Tacky? Taffy? What was it? I don't Whatever remember. the hell that was. Ricky Tiki Tembo, No Sa Rembo. <laughs> I, I think something. she just put a curse on <laughs> you. That was a Franklin voodoo spell. <laughs> You're going to be... I'm going to go kill Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to dive into a crock pit. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go kill Bobby Kennedy. I'll be right back. <laughs> Tonight, the Washington Capitals and the Las Vegas Golden Knights will play Game Five of the Stanley Cup Finals. One huge Caps fan, Samantha Laria, uh, recently turned her wedding into a hockey party. When Samantha and her husband Michael planned the wedding, they didn't know that Samantha's favorite team, the Caps, were going to be in the playoffs, much less the finals. I mean, why would she expect that? But that's how the schedule uh, played out. The two teams played game three on her wedding day, so she made the most of it by wearing a Capitals jersey and putting the game on the television at the wedding. Even her wedding party wore jerseys on top of their fancy dresses and tuxes. Did you see those idiot Golden Knight fans who bought season tickets to the Capitals so that they could get tickets to games three and four? Yes. These are rich people who don't have any idea how to buy tickets. Who never heard of... StubHub. <laughs> right. They so bought they bought season, season tickets for next tickets. year? They're like, oh, we'll just sell them. and Just drop three grand on season tickets for next year. They basically put, 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 they paid a $3,000 upcharge on tickets that they probably could have got for 110 bucks over face value. Crazy. So stupid. More Dumb. money than brains. Well, it's uh, their first year. You know, give them some, They're, give them a true. break. They, they have never done this before. They've never done. I, I, I don't know. They've never done hockey before. I don't. I've grown up scalping tickets, going to Erie Blades hockey games, West Virginia football games. I, you know, I was put out to scalp the extra tickets <laughs> at a very young age. So I have low tolerance for people who don't know how to get in and out of stadiums. I've never, I've never scalped a ticket. Oh my god, I don't ever. Think I have either. I'm, I'll tell you though, I mean, I I did it forever, and then the last time I like did it on the street, and it kind of like shook me a little bit. San Francisco, I thought the guy was going to stab me. I really did. Well, he he might have. Well, they there was you a weren't lot of, wearing a Dodgers jersey. No, there was a lot of violence going on around there, and uh, the guy, I was like, now nah, we're good, because he just wanted way too much. I'm like, now nah, we're good, and he wouldn't leave me alone. I'm like, dude, I said we're good, and he turned, and I thought like I thought we were in a lot of trouble, and my cousin who lives there is like, keep walking, get going, keep walking. He's like yelling at me. I'm like. Dude, we're good. He's like, stop talking to me. He's freaking out. I'm like, you're freaking me out more than him. I need the Irish guy. Where's the <laughs> Irish right. guy? You just take that guy with you everywhere. Throw a raw chicken on the other side of the street. No, but, you know, there's a perfectly good back and <laughs> forth. Uh, it's a fun, like, uh, rhythmic, melodic type of uh, transaction that happens there, you know? No, that's not good. Whoa, 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 whoa. You do the little game of trying to figure it out? Now we're good. You got to walk away. Then they always stop you. They always got a deal. My only scalper story is going down to the stadium and seeing a guy in a wheelchair with no legs and a sign that said, who needs two? Oh, yeah. Who needs two? I'm like, you do. <laughs> you need two. <laughs> that guy's at every game. That guy's, that guy's at every buckle game, every hockey game. I don't game. think you can scalp legs. <laughs> you got you to gotta go to somewhere legit to get those. But StubHub is pretty efficient. I For the first time, I sold tickets on StubHub because I bought tickets <laughs> at shows that I didn't go to. That guy is a human StubHub. <laughs> <laughs> That's his nickname. <laughs> you met Hub, right? <laughs> Go over here, Stub. Oh, my.
Uh, I mean, I would trust somebody we, we like you. To oh, do we gotta go upstairs. Oh, no, yeah. Okay. I, it's that's all right. I just wanted to say one last thing. Uh, Dan and Shay, local. Uh, well, they're big Nashville guys, but uh, Shay Mooney, part of Dan and Shay, Pittsburgh guy. Or no, I'm sorry, Dan Smyers of Dan and Shay from North Allegheny High School and CMU grad. Uh, they were winners at last night's CMT Music Awards. Best duo video of the year. So congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. They're from a bird? One guy is. Well, forget the other guy. The Dan. one guy, though. Dan. <laughs> congratulations, Dan. Forget the other guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, congratulations just to Dan. <laughs> They'll be at Key Bank Pavilion July 27th as the opening act for Rascal Flats. Sunny upper 70s today. It's 54 DVE. What's Rascal Flats mean? Like, where do they get that name? Is there like an area of Kansas called but, the Rascal Flats? I thought they were a what... type of woman's shoes <laughs> when you're... Into you know being what if you're frisky? frisky. <laughs> I'm gonna wear my rascal flats. The Knox Boys, a special edition of the uh, <laughs> the uh, coffee house on Thursday here, and uh, Zach, Sam, Bob, and uh, Mitchell joining us upstairs right now in studio. How you guys doing? Good. Doing good. We're playing this weekend. I'm gonna scalp some tickets and come see you guys. You guys are gonna be playing at Get Hip Records, and that uh, Zach, you've done a lot of work there, and kudos to you for that. And that that's a great venue. Now you built up the stage, got a little lighting going on there. That's a really fun place to see a show and pick up some vinyl. That's a good time. Yeah. All right. So what uh, what time are you playing? We'll be playing at seven o'clock. We are opening for Archie and the Bunkers out of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. And uh, this is a Get Hip Records, which is on 1800 Columbus Avenue on the north side. It's right by uh, is that bicycle shop, right? Yeah, Bicycle Heaven. They'll Bicy- be having their bike swap okay. this weekend. Good deal. So be a couple vendors, and Johnny Angel will be open to his music museum. All right. Awesome. www.noxboys.com. Once again, they're at Get Hip Records this weekend. What do you got for us? This is a new song. It's called One and Only Girl. It's off the new record. Here they are, the Knox Boys, DVE.
Sports. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Ryan Shazier had a lot to say yesterday on the South Side, and every syllable was inspiring. Shazier conducting a press conference at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Uh, the Steelers providing Shazier with an opportunity to update everyone on his progress and uh, how he's been doing, how he's gotten to where he's at, as we like to say, and where he thinks he's headed. Uh, from Ryan Shazier's perspective, that is back to the football field eventually. First, he wants to learn how to walk without aid of a cane or somebody helping him along. He had the cane yesterday, but he made it to the podium and uh, just uh, was a shining example of the human spirit. Uh, I don't think that's overstating it. Not at all. What this guy has been through and the way he's faced it and handled it and the way he continues to push through it is no less than inspiring. Uh, You guys were asking me earlier today if he's aware how much people are backing him and, and how much support people have been giving him and uh, he said yes he is uh he started to notice that when he came back to Heinz Field to wave the terrible towel to Steelers game uh, in the relative uh, recent aftermath of that horrific spinal injury he suffered on December the 4th in Cincinnati uh, the outpouring then uh, was pretty much what Ryan Chazier has received ever since the support just hasn't stopped coming Pittsburgh had my back from the moment I got drafted you know, uh, they might get mad at me when I drop a pick every now and then, but they, they have my back from the moment I got drafted. So just to know I went back out there and just to see how how happy everybody seemed, how loud the stadium got, how it just seemed how that many people supported me, it really made me feel like, hey, man, everybody has my back. Like I've When I was in uh, Mercy, I was getting letters, and, and, and I have so much letters and so much uh, – so much, so many gifts from people that I can't even read them all, and I'm just so thankful because they just let me know that this many people are praying for me. Right. I, I had a elementary school, literally, uh, the whole elementary school, every single kid wrote me a good, get well soon. Like, and that's over 500 kids, you know, and it was a, a box, and I just, I just really, all that feeds to make me want to do better. So, like, when I go to Penguins games, when I go to Cavalier games, when I go to the Steeler games, when when people are cheering, and it just makes me feel like hey, I'm back to myself, and it allows me to make me feel like hey, I'm getting better. Hey, I'm feeling more normal. Kind of the same sentiment there at the end that Edzo had expressed, was it not? Yeah. The, yeah. Reach out to people in these situations. They appreciate. They appreciate it more than we can understand. Mm-hmm. Normalcy is is probably the most taken for granted thing that a lot of people that are in those situations suddenly find themselves yearning for. Just feeling normal. And to him, a whole stadium full of people cheering for him is normal. That's his normal. <laughs> Steelers continue OTAs on the south side today. The Pirates have one more with the Dodgers this afternoon. Uh, Jamison Tyone gets the start. He's 3-4 and four with a 3.97 ERA. He'll be opposed by Dennis Santana, who's making his first major league start and his second Major League appearance for L.A. He's 1-0 with a 12.27 ERA. That based on three and two-thirds innings of Major League work. Tyone uh, is coming off a win for a change. Uh, He allowed three hits in eight shutout innings uh, when he beat St. Louis Friday night in St. Louis. That was his first win since the one-hit shutout of the Reds back on April the 8th at PNC Park. He hasn't gotten the results, but... 
Tyone has uh, allowed three earned runs or fewer in six of his last seven starts. So uh, if he can put a good one together today, the Pirates have a chance to win another game. And if they do that, that would be two in a row. That's called a winning streak. It has been known to happen. Uh, <laughs> they feasted on Dodgers rookie Caleb Ferguson, who was making his major league debut last night. He only lasted uh, an inning and two-thirds. Uh, pretty much all the pitchers struggled last night, but the Pirates were able to outlast the Dodgers 11-9 to to improve to 31-30. and It's Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final tonight in Vegas. The Washington Capitals have a 3-1 to lead over the Vegas Golden Knights. It's uh, make a stand time for the Golden Knights. They're trying to stave off elimination. Uh, good place to try and do it. Uh, Vegas is 7-2 and this postseason at T-Mobile Arena, and it's outscored its opponents 33-19 to in the playoffs at home. For the Caps, the challenge is to come to grips with maybe winning the Stanley Cup. That can be the ultimate distraction. The, you got to play the game, not play to receive the result after the game or the reward after the game. You got to just do what you always do. That's something that uh, a bunch of the Capitals were talking about shortly after they had won game four to take that three games to one lead. Here's uh, Tom Wilson, Braden Holtby, John Carlson, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Brett Connolly on staring greatness in the face. Yeah, I think you think about it for sure, and you use it. You know, you use that as a, that emotion, you use that adrenaline, and it's tough at this time of year. You got to keep pushing forward, and you know, each win you get hungrier. So we got to get the job done. The, the toughest win is the last one, closing a team out. So we got to make sure we're doing the right things. We're gonna have to block all that out. We have to, you know, we've had success through these playoffs by just staying in the moment and playing our game, and and uh, not worrying about any results or, or what's uh, what's to come. We got to focus on uh, on our task at hand. Well, it's the next game, so that's uh, that's what we're looking for. Um, we recover and rest and do the same things that we've we've been doing and know how to do and um, go out there and, and give our best effort. I never been there, you know, and I, I don't really care about that yet. <laughs> so it's kind of easy for me, you know. And you know me, I'm, I always stay loose a little bit, especially like of the of the games. But uh, I'm pretty sure when when game gonna come, we, we're gonna a little bit think about it. It's it's pretty hard to not think about that. You'd be a liar to. To say it, it, it hasn't yet, but I think uh, you know that that fourth one's the hardest one to get. I think, and whew, it's just you gotta you just gotta try and shut that off and just keep playing and play hard, and and we'll see what happens. Just got to play the hockey. It's gonna be a challenge for those guys tonight. That's DVE Sports. I think Vegas wins it, and I think we go to Game Six Sunday. Stan Saverin on the way. Look at that chick right there, the one who's stumbling, man. Think she's drunk? Or is it just because she's wearing high heels that are way too high and inappropriate since we're at a Steelers game? Still, man, there's something about her, man. I don't know what it is. The French nails from Hollywood nails. The jean skirt she bought at Forever 21 on sale. The Heinz Ward jersey she's got tied up in a knot. She's Pittsburgh hot. Too much makeup on a kind of pretty face. Pittsburgh. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot. Pittsburgh hot. Orange skin from fake, fake, eight or nine pounds overweight. Pittsburgh I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh hot. You know, I seen her at a penguin game once, man. She had this slutty cut up Malkin jersey on. It's a hot look, man. She had to hem off the M and the N so it read Alky on the back. That's like funny hot. 
I know she almost looks Latino. She's so orange, cool. Still kind of hot, though. Wardrobe from Wetzel and Dick's lady section. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot. Tattoo eyeliner, give her color contacts protection. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot. Pittsburgh hot. Terrible towel sewn into a skirt. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot. She makes a dress out of an oversized shirt. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot. It's the DVE Morning Show. Stan Savern joining us right now from ESPN Radio 970, 106.3 FM. And uh, Stanley, uh, uh, extended congrats on being inducted into or onto the Pirates Media Wall of Fame. That was a lovely ceremony. We were just talking about it off the air, how nice it was to see all of those degenerate sports writers come together. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, free drinks and snacks, buddy. Yeah. Um, People came out of the grave. Were they good snacks? Good snacks. Good lunch. Uh, I never got near the table. I didn't think it could happen. This is like the the North Korean summit. (laughs) First class operation by Jimmy T and the Pirates. Yeah, they really did a nice job. And uh, uh, I think we talked about last week, uh, to honor a couple guys who haven't always been I don't want to say positive or negative, but, you know, fair and honest about it. And, you know, not every organization does everything right uh, all the time. But it was really um, a great gathering, and thanks to you guys for uh, uh, for being there. It was a wonderful experience. And um, apparently um, the plaque is already up on the wall. I'm sure there's graffiti on it by now. Uh, <laughs> they draw a mustache, and it would actually would be If it's only a mustache, you're lucky. And, you know, in black, you know, maybe put a space on the front teeth. Oh, wait a minute. That's already happened. So it was, yeah. it was great. And multi-generational, multifaceted yeah. aspects of the media. And a lot of people pointed out you guys weren't always nice to the pirates. You weren't always shy about sharing your feelings with your uh, colleagues in the media either. As nobody in the media seemingly ever is, but I thought the respect was there clearly uh, based on uh, the enthusiastic attendance and the warm support. Well, that's the thing. Standing frankly, O, man. You got standing O yep. from your colleagues. Um, I was too busy. I, I was like going through a minefield. I just had my head down, uh, you know, <laughs> um, and I was, I was aware of that, and I heard the cheers. I think you guys led them, you know, um, outburst of uh, vocal support, which I – appreciated um I, you know i tried I, i'm an emotional guy so i tried to kind of keep it in check um but you know the fact that guy presented me and what he said kind of got me you know a little wobbly going yeah. up there and i may have been i don't remember actually but i probably was a little wobbly all the way through especially when i you know talked about the lessons my parents taught me which was absolutely true but you know that always kind of stirs things up um, but, um, yeah, the respect, I mean, to me, that's the most important thing from whether you agree or disagree with me, you know, we should respect your opinion. And again, it's cliche, but the respect I got from uh, all those colleagues from radio and television, mm-hmm. um, uh, newspapers, um, PR guys from all the sports, uh, in town. Um, and again, like Mike said, you know, multi-generational, you know, guys who are now retired, 
uh, maybe suggesting I ought to, but um, <laughs> but yeah, that the, the people that I work with that came, uh, you know, both radio and television, that was really meaningful to me. And the PR directors of all, as I said, the sports, um, right. Penguins and Steelers, and you know, yeah, it was it was a great great experience. Um, I, I thought the really touching thing was in Guy's introduction. Uh, first of all, it was great. His his, his kids were there. Um, but that meant I, a lot to me. All, I mean, I'm very close with his his kids, uh, the three of them. The fact that they all took off work um, to come down. Mm-hmm. Um, Guy doesn't work, so it was no problem for him. <laughs> um, although he'll be with me today. But, um, yeah, the fact that they were there was very meaningful. But I had not realized, as close as I knew you would have been with Guy, and you've told me, I thought you guys were friends, but I didn't realize the extent of your friendship, it is as deep as most Pittsburghers would assume it is. Now, you know, I've been behind the scenes enough times to know that, like, things aren't always exactly how they seem. And so I thought you guys were friends and, and you know, uh, great partners for a long time, but I didn't realize you were that much a part of each other's lives. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, we start, we worked together before Sportsbeat ever started. We worked at Channel 4. Uh, together for a number of years, he was a producer and part-time reporter, and um, I was, you know, one of the with Bill Hillgrove, uh, and before that, John Steigerwald, one of the quote main anchors there. Um, and Guy um, produced a lot of the sportscasts that I did, so we got to know one another, uh, and then they kind of just threw us together mm-hmm. on Sportsbeat as it, it worked out. Um, and um, the more we worked together, the more we kind of realized that our backgrounds were very similar. I think he referenced, we went to, or I did, we went to a, uh, an Indians game uh, in the early days of Jacobs Field, and I had never seen it you know, up until that point. It was 94. Did you get all weepy and stuff when you walked in there and start crying? And- you know what? I, I, I did. Uh, I walked up, <laughs> and there was a Bob, there was, it was, I don't know if it's still there, a Bob Feller statue. Yeah, I think it's still there. Um, and, and um, you know, I still root for him and stuff, and I, you know, I... The great Bob Feller. Yeah, the great Bob Feller, who uh, actually grew up didn't grow up. He lived um, in a community that was part of my school district. And when we were, you know, teenagers bombing around drinking beer, um, we used to drive by his house in hopes that, you know, somehow he'd be out there and want to play catch with us. Like, yeah. Bob Feller is going to come out of his house and play. But we used to go by there. And, yeah. you know, one time we did see him. It was actually, this is how things have changed. He lived in a community called Gates Mills, and there were five suburbs that made up our school district gates mills was one of them and it was kind of upper crust uh compared to where i grew up which was um no crust that's where i grew up uh and he was actually out there cutting his own grass hall of fame pitcher bob feller he was retired by now but he still lived in was he doing broadcasts at this point he 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 didn't he do color uh, for, for Herb the, Score did. Uh, Herb Score, I'm thinking. Herb okay. Score did. But no, Bob Feller did. And he was kind of an indie, he was an ambassador. Okay. Um, he wasn't the nicest guy in the world either. He was kind of salty. Really? Yeah, he was kind of a salty, snippy kind of guy, actually. He was a war hero too, right? Oh, yeah, he was a war hero in World War II. He missed, you know, a good portion of his career because he came up in 1937 as a 17-year-old. And then, of course, you know, at that age, you know, he went in the war. I believe he was in the Navy. I think The he heater from fighter. Van Meter. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bullet Bob. 17 years old. Rapid he, Robert. Rapid, That's, Robert. Uh, Rapid Robert is the most hilarious nickname. Yeah, he, he, was, uh, he, he was something. And uh, anyway, so, we, you know, he was, cut, he was cutting his own grass. 
But the point I was trying to make is what Guy and I and uh, my then wife and, and Guy's wife, we went up to Cleveland for a ball game, and we got there early. Um, and the way in, I took them by the house I grew up in, which was about as big as this room. Um, that's, you know, it's the way I grew up. And Guy told me after that, he said, I, I realized, you know, once I realized what your background was and where you came from, and he grew up on the South Side and, you know, went to Baldwin, and um, that sort of cemented the bond. We were, you know, grew up in very similar circumstances. He was the first professional athlete to volunteer to serve in World War II. Navy, right? Not Guy Junker, Bob Feller. Yeah, in the <laughs> Navy. <laughs> guy volunteered to be first in line at the mess then. Right. <laughs> Just have played hockey with Guy. He's no athlete. <laughs> he volunteered at Old Navy, I think, one summer. You guys have like a real like Kornheiser Wilbon kind of dynamic, though. I mean, you're different enough to, uh, but have uh, from sports opinion uh, perspective that is, but it like has a really nice cohesion. Really, I, it's a, it's a unique thing to find somebody that you're able to have that kind of broadcasting partnership with. You know, it really is. And I remember um, after whatever they were called then, fired guy uh, in 2003, which angered me beyond belief. Um, five years later, we got reunited on radio mm-hmm. at what was then ESPN 1250. Right, and we hadn't worked together for quite some time. And I remember the first show we did was actually from Latrobe uh, at camp, and we and we started out and it was like putting on a pair of old slippers. I, it was just it, <laughs> you know it was just you know there we were again. And and he's on with me today every Thursday. He's on from one until two, um, and we do. And listen, we had uh, disagreements, um, and there were times when we would bristle at one another's opinion, but we always respected uh, each other's opinion. And it just two guys sitting around talking about sports and. You know, we, we've always had that kind of dynamic. You owe him a lot of Christ, uh, Christmas ham, though, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I go over there every Christmas. They invite me for Thanksgiving, um, <laughs> you know, whatever it happens to be. And there I am. I didn't eat a whole lot of ham growing up, so I'm making up for it yeah. now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, who do you have on the show today? What's the focus? What's going on? Well, Mark uh, Madden will be on. Um, I mentioned Guy. Yesterday I came up with a list of Penguins untouchables. In other words, if you're general manager Jim Rutherford and, um, and I, I, I call you and I say, I want to talk about so-and-so, I came up with a list of six guys I would hang up the phone. Not talking about them. You want to talk about somebody else, fine. So I came up with that list. I came up with Sid and Gino, uh, Murray. Hanwick. What What's that? Huh? Han- <laughs> Hanwick. Uh, <laughs> Kasparitis. Um, Sid, Gino, uh, Gensel, Dumoulin, Hornquist, and Murray. The, the premise being that they're cup contenders. R- I mean, right now, the, I mean, you, they're on the short list, so I'm not going to blow anything up. But if you called me and said, yeah, I'd like to talk to you about Latang, um, I'd like to talk to you about just about anybody else, Kessel, I would certainly, it doesn't mean I want to trade him, so I want to get Mark's list. That, that was my six. That I, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. I, forget it. Nothing right. you can offer me um, that, that I'm going to be willing to listen because I'm going to keep this group together and you know take a big run. Why? Why wouldn't you? So I want to get Mark's thought on that. Uh, we're also going to Mike. I believe you. Well, you were there yesterday for Ryan Shazier. I believe. Yes. Uh, we're going to run a lot of the sound clips for Ryan Shazier. Guy will uh, join me. That is well worth running. Yeah. Um, I mean, I read all of them. I, I didn't. 
it, it happened sort of when I was on the air. So so we're going to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to do that today as well. Check it out. Stan Tavern, noon to two on uh, ESPN Radio, 970, 1063 FM. Thanks to the Knox boys, and thanks to Mayor Bill Peduto for joining us this morning on his way to the Mayor's Conference in Boston. Uh, always nice to have the uh, the mayor weigh in. We had Sean Casey on earlier this week. We had two mayors on. I was really encouraged to hear that he is doing what Pittsburghers are supposed to do, wearing a pirate hat and not going to any games. <laughs> <laughs> and standing up for Rob Rogers. Yes. Yeah, he did uh, this That's, morning. I don't get into that I, I, you know, on, my, on my show, but... That's an absolute disgrace what's going on over there. Without a doubt. And the hard part of that is... If it weren't for the sports page, I would cancel my subscription. Yeah, well, that's just it. At what point do people make a hard decision? Do you not want to support Gene Collier? Do you not want to support uh, Jerry Dulac, Tony Norman, Brian O'Neill? Can I pay right. Gene Collier directly? Because <laughs> I would do that. Probably. He sent me... Uh, you know, he always... Because I love when he does the... Uh, the media label, the headline mm-hmm. thing, you know. Uh, yesterday he sent me masturbating landlord because <laughs> of that story. There's in there. <laughs> so I just texted him back. I said, redundant. <laughs> uh, he, he always has the, the, the best media titles. But, yeah, crazy situations going on over there at the Post-Gazette. And I don't know what you do about it, Stan. I've thought about it, and I really enjoy I'm one of the, you know, a dinosaur. I still... I want to read the paper. If I'm going to spill coffee on something, I don't want it to be on a keyboard. You know, I want to, and I just—that's the way I grew up. And uh, there are no other options, as far as that's concerned. And I read the whole paper. I mean, I just don't, except for the business section, because I don't—I don't get it. I don't understand any of that. Um, but I read the whole paper, uh, sports page first, of course. Uh, but I just—I find this absolutely so incredibly annoying. Um, I, and I'm beginning to wonder how many letters to the editor are they now going to begin to edit? Oh, they've yeah. I mean, look and exclude. It's horrifying. There's no doubt. But I mean, there's a part of me that thinks, hey, they used to make Italian food. Now they uh, now they make uh, you know Chinese food. They're supposed to make all kind of food. They're not supposed to specialize. Right. Exactly. Uh, but you know, there are pr- people yeah, who are, who are not, proponents of this not, change who will claim, not "Well, doing they were their job." That and that's why one of the reasons why newspapers are failing because they forgot who they are and what they're supposed to be. Good point. Excellent point. I believe that a newspaper should have an editorial point of view. I do believe in that. Um, but I also don't think you should exclude coverage. I think one of the tribs fail among others was that they obviously had a point of view. But they also, in their story placement, it's, it's one thing to write an editorial and we feel this way, but their story placement, if you looked, if it was pro-whatever, it was on page one. If it was anti-whatever, it was on eighth 99. Uh, and headline writing was also you know, very prevalent with them. And now we're seeing the same thing over here. Yeah, you have an editorial page for a reason, but the rest of it is supposed to be to inform the electorate. Exactly. And you do that with a, as broad a base as you can possibly do it with. And, and to do it any other way is wrong. And by the way, the publisher, if people remember, did not endorse a candidate for president this year. They ultimately put a checklist. And the reason is because the publisher wanted to endorse Donald Trump but was afraid to do so, so he backed away, and they didn't endorse anybody. So the point is, the hiring of this editorial guy goes in line with what the publisher wanted to do in the first place. 
which but is didn't to have save himself millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. I wonder how profitable it is. I don't know how profitable newspapers are anymore. Well, I'm just saying in tax uh, yeah. help through legislation. That's a tough thing, man. It's 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 a tough situation right it's now. It's wrong. Well, the weird thing is, more people seem to be seeing these Rob Rogers cartoons than in the past. You know, by it's like putting the uh, PMRC stickers on uh, on albums back in the eighties. Oh, these are R-rated. Got to check it Parental out. Parental warning, and then sales skyrocket. So. Right, you know, banned in Boston. That ensured you got great sales. But if that's the way you feel, then hire a different cartoonist with a different point of view and alternate them or publish them side by side. Yeah. Don't just exclude one because you don't agree with the opinion. Well, we're standing behind Rob and wish him the best. Absolutely. All right, tomorrow on the show, more stuff. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.